Prologue In the beautiful city of Verona, where our story takes place, a long-standing hatred between two families erupts into new violence, and citizens stain their hands with the blood of their fellow citizens. Two unlucky children of these enemy families become lovers and commit suicide. Their unfortunate deaths put an end to their parents' feud. For the next two hours, we will watch the story of their doomed love and their parents' anger, which nothing but the children's deaths could stop. If you listen to us patiently, we will make up for everything we've left out in this prologue on stage. Gregory, I swear, we can't let them humiliate us! We won't take their garbage! No, because then we'd be garbage men. What I mean is, if they make us angry, we'll pull out our swords! Maybe you should focus on pulling yourself out of trouble, Samson. I hit hard when I'm angry. But it's hard to make you angry. One of those dogs from the Montague house can make me angry. Angry enough to run away? You won't stand and fight. A dog from that house will make me angry enough to take a stand. If I pass one of them on the street, I'll take the side closer to the wall and let him walk in the gutter. That means you're the weak one, because weaklings get pushed up against the wall. You're right. That's why girls get pushed up against walls. They're weak. So what I'll do is push the Montague men into the street and the Montague women up against the wall. The fight is between our masters and we men who work for them. It's all the same. I'll be a harsh master to them. After I fight the men, I'll be nice to the women. I'll cut off their heads. Cut off their heads? You mean their maiden heads? Cut off their heads, take their maiden heads, whatever. Take my remark in whichever sense you like. The women you rape are the ones who'll have to sense it. They'll feel me as long as I can keep it up. Everybody knows I'm a nice piece of flesh. It's a good thing you're not a piece of fish. You're dried and shriveled like salted fish. Pull out your weapon now. These guys are from the House of Montague. I have my sword out. Fight! I'll back you up! How will you back me up? By turning your back and running away? Don't worry about me. No, really, I am worried about you. Let's not break the law by starting a fight. Let them start something. I'll frown at them as they pass by, and they can react however they want. You mean however they dare. I'll bite my thumb at them. That's an insult. And if they let me get away with it, they'll be dishonored. Hey, are you biting your thumb at us? I'm biting my thumb. Are you biting your thumb at us? Is the law on our side if I say yes? No. No, sir, I'm not biting my thumb at you, but I am biting my thumb. Are you trying to start a fight? Start a fight? No, sir. If you want to fight, I'm your man. My employer is as good as yours. But he's not better than mine. Well, then. Say better. Here comes one of my employer's relatives. Yes, better, sir. You lie! Pull out your swords if you're men. Gregory, remember how to slash. Break it up, you fools. Put your swords away. You don't know what you're doing. What? You've pulled out your sword to fight with these worthless servants? Turn around, Benvolio, and look at the man who's going to kill you. I'm only trying to keep the peace. Either put away your sword or use it to help me stop this fight. 
What, you take out your sword and then talk about peace? I hate the word peace, like I hate the word hell. All Montagues and you. Let's go at it, coward. Use your clothes and spears! Hit them! Beat them down! Down with the Capulets! Down with the Montagues! What's this noise? Give me my longsword, come on! A crutch. You need a crutch. Why are you asking for a sword? I want my sword. Old Montague is here, and he's waving his sword around just to make me mad. Capulet, you villain! Don't stop me. Let me go. You're not taking one step toward an enemy. You rebels! Enemies of the peace! Men who turn their weapons against their own neighbors! They won't listen to me. You there! You men, you beasts, who satisfy your anger with fountains of each other's blood. I'll have you tortured if you don't put your swords down and listen to your angry prince. Three times now, riots have broken out in this city, all because of a casual word from you, old Capulet and Montague. Three times the peace has been disturbed in our streets and Verona's old citizens have had to take off their dress clothes and pick up rusty old spears to part you. If you ever cause a disturbance on our streets again, you'll pay for it with your lives. Everyone else, go away for now. You, Capulet, come with me. Montague, this afternoon come to Old Freetown, the court where I delivered judgments, and I'll tell you what else I want from you. As for the rest of you, I'll say this once more. Go away, or be put to death. Who started this old fight up again? Speak, nephew. Were you here when it started? Your servants were fighting your enemy's servants before I got here. I drew my sword to part them. Right then, that hothead Tybalt showed up with his sword ready. He taunted me and waved his sword around, making the air hiss. As we were trading blows, more and more people showed up to join the fight until the prince came and broke everyone up. Where's Romeo? Have you seen him today? I'm glad he wasn't here for this fight. Madam, I had a lot on my mind an hour before dawn this morning, so I went for a walk. Underneath the sycamore grove that grows on the west side of the city, I saw your son taking an early morning walk. I headed toward him, but he saw me coming and hid in the woods. I thought he must be feeling the same way I was. Wanting to be alone and tired of his own company. I figured he was avoiding me, and I was perfectly happy to leave him alone and keep to myself. He's been seen there many mornings, crying tears that add drops to the morning dew, and making a cloudy day cloudier with his sighs. But as soon as the sun rises in the east, my sad son comes home to escape the light. He locks himself up alone in his bedroom, shuts his windows to keep out the beautiful daylight, and makes himself an artificial night. This mood of his is going to bring bad news, unless someone smart can fix what's bothering him. My noble uncle, do you know why he acts this way? I don't know, and he won't tell me. Have you done everything you could to make him tell you the reason? I've tried, and many of our friends have tried to make him talk, but he keeps his thoughts to himself. He doesn't want any friend but himself, and though I don't know whether he's a good friend to himself, he certainly keeps his own secrets. He's like a flower bud that won't open itself up to the world because it's been poisoned from within by parasites. If we could only find out why he's sad, we'd be as eager to help him as we were to learn the reason for his sadness. 
Look, here he comes. If you don't mind, please step aside. He'll either have to tell me what's wrong or else tell me no over and over. I hope you're lucky enough to hear the true story by sticking around. Come, madam, let's go. Good morning, cousin. Is it that early in the day? It's only just now nine o'clock. Oh my. Time goes by slowly when you're sad. Was that my father who left here in such a hurry? It was. What's making you so sad in your hours so long? I don't have the thing that makes time fly. You're in love? Out. Out of love? I love someone. She doesn't love me. It's sad. Love looks like a nice thing, but it's actually very rough when you experience it. What's sad is that love is supposed to be blind, but it can still make you do whatever it wants. So, where should we eat? Oh my, what fight happened here? No, don't tell me. I know all about it. This fight has a lot to do with hatred, but it has more to do with love. Oh, brawling love. Oh, loving hate. Love that comes from nothing. Sad happiness. Serious foolishness. Beautiful things muddled together into an ugly mess. Love is heavy and light, bright and dark, hot and cold, sick and healthy, asleep and awake. It's everything except what it is. This is the love I feel. Though no one loves me back. Are you laughing? No, cousin, I'm crying. Good man. Why are you crying? I'm crying because of how sad you are. Yes, this is what love does. My sadness sits heavy in my chest. And you want to add your own sadness to mine, so there's even more. I have too much sadness already, and now you're going to make me sadder by feeling sorry for you. Here's what love is. A smoke made out of lover's sighs. When the smoke clears, love is a fire burning in your lover's eyes. If you frustrate love, you get an ocean made out of lover's tears. What else is love? It's a wise form of madness. It's a sweet lozenge that you choke on. Goodbye, cousin. Wait, I'll come with you. If you leave me like this, you're doing me wrong. I'm not myself. I'm not here. This isn't Romeo. He's somewhere else. Tell me seriously, who is the one you love? Seriously? You mean I should groan and tell you? Groan? No. But tell me seriously who it is. You wouldn't tell a sick man he seriously has to make his will. It would just make him worse. Seriously, cousin. I love a woman. I guessed that already when I guessed you were in love. Then you were right on target. The woman I love is beautiful. A beautiful target is the one that gets hit the fastest. Well, you're not on target there. She refuses to be hit by Cupid's arrow. She's as clever as Diana and shielded by the armor of chastity. She can't be touched by the weak and childish arrows of love. She won't listen to words of love or let you look at her with loving eyes or open her lap to receive gifts of gold. She's rich in beauty, but she's also poor because when she dies, her beauty will be destroyed with her. So she's made a vow to be a virgin forever? Yes, she has. And by keeping celibate, she wastes her beauty. If you starve yourself of sex, you can't ever have children. And so your beauty is lost to future generations. She's too beautiful and too wise to deserve heaven's blessing by making me despair. She's sworn off love, and that promise has left me alive but dead. Living only to talk about it now. Take my advice. Don't think about her. Teach me to forget to think. Do it by letting your eyes wander freely. Look at other beautiful girls. 
That will only make me think more about how beautiful she is. Beautiful women like to wear black masks over their faces. Those black masks only make us think about how beautiful they are underneath. A man who goes blind can't forget the precious eyesight he lost. Show me a really beautiful girl. Her beauty is like a note telling me where I can see someone even more beautiful. Goodbye. You can't teach me to forget. I'll show you how to forget, or else I'll die owing you that lesson. But Montague has sworn an oath, just like I have. And he's under the same penalty. I don't think it will be hard for men as old as we are to keep the peace. You both have honorable reputations, and it's too bad you've been enemies for so long. But what do you say to my request? I can only repeat what I've said before. My daughter is still very young. She's not even fourteen years old. Let's wait two more summers before we start thinking she's ready to get married. Girls younger than she often marry and become happy mothers. Girls who marry so young grow up too soon. But go ahead and charm her, gentle Paris. Make her love you. My permission is only part of her decision. If she agrees to marry you, my blessing and fair words will confirm her choice. Tonight, I'm having a feast that we've celebrated for many years. I've invited many of my closest friends, and I'd like to welcome you and add you to the guest list. At my humble house tonight, you can expect to see dazzling stars that walk on the ground and light the sky from below. You'll be delighted by young women as fresh as spring flowers. Look at anyone you like, and choose whatever woman seems best to you. Once you see a lot of girls, you might not think my daughter's the best anymore. Come along with me. Go, little fellow. Walk around Verona. Find the people on this list and tell them they're welcome at my house tonight. Find the people whose names are on the list. It is written that shoemakers and tailors should play with each other's tools, that fishermen should play with paints, and painters should play with the fishing nets. But I've been sent to find people whose names are written on this list, and I can't read. I'll never find them on my own. I've got to find somebody who knows how to read to help me. But here come some people, right in the nick of time. Come on, man. You can put out one fire by starting another. A new pain will make the one you already have seem less. If you make yourself dizzy, you can cure yourself by spinning back around in the opposite direction. A new grief will put the old one out of your mind. Make yourself lovesick by gazing at some new girl, and your old lovesickness will be cured. The plantain leaf is excellent for that. What? Romeo, are you crazy? I'm not crazy, but I'm tied up tighter than a mental patient in a straitjacket. I'm locked up in a prison and deprived of food. I'm whipped and tortured. Good evening, good fellow. May God give you a good evening. Excuse me, sir. Do you know how to read? <sighs> I can read my own fortune in my misery. Perhaps you've learned from life and not from books. But please, tell me. Can you read anything you see? Yes, if I know the language and the letters. I see. Well, that's an honest answer. Have a nice day. Stay, fellow. I can read. Signor Martino and his wife and daughters, Count Ansem and his beautiful sisters, Vitruvio's widow, Signor Placentio and his lovely nieces, Mercutio and his brother Valentine, my uncle Capulet and his wife and daughters, 
my fair niece, Rosalind, and Livia, Signor Valentio and his cousin Tybalt, Lucio and the lively Helena, that's a nice group of people. Where are they supposed to come? Up. Where? To supper? To our house. Whose house? To our master's house. Indeed. I should have asked you before who he was. Now, I'll tell you so you don't have to ask. My master is the great and rich Capulet, and if you don't belong to the house of Montague, please come and drink a cup of wine. Have a nice day. The beautiful Rosalind, whom you love so much, will be at the Capulet's traditional feast, along with every other beautiful woman in Verona. Go there and compare her objectively to some other girls I'll show you. The woman who you think is as beautiful as a swan is going to look as ugly as a crow to you. If my eyes ever lie to me like that, let my tears turn into flames and burn them for being such obvious liars. A woman more beautiful than the one I love? The sun itself has never seen anyone as beautiful since the world began. Come on, you first decided she was beautiful when no one else was around. There was no one to compare her to except herself. But let your eyes compare her to another beautiful woman who I'll show you at this feast, and you won't think she's the best anymore. I'll go with you. Not because I think you'll show me anything better, but so I can see the woman I love. Nurse, where's my daughter? Tell her to come to me. I swear to you by my virginity at age 12, I already told her to come. Come on. Where is she? What is she doing? What, Juliet? What is it? Who's calling me? Your mother. Madam, I'm here. What do you want? I'll tell you what's the matter. Nurse, leave us alone for a little while. We must talk privately. Uh, nurse! Come back here. I just remembered. You can listen to our secrets. You know how young my daughter is. Yes. I know her age down to the hour. She's not even fourteen. I'd bet fourteen of my own teeth, but I'm sorry to say I only have four teeth. She's not fourteen. How long is it until Lammas tide? Two weeks and a few odd days. Whether it's even or odd of all the days in the year, on the night of Lammas Eve she'll be fourteen. She and Susan, God rest her, and all Christian souls were born on the same day. Well, Susan died and is with God. She was too good for me. But like I said, on the night of Lammas Eve she will be fourteen. Yes, she will. Indeed, I remember it well. It's been... Eleven years since the earthquake. She stopped nursing from my breast on that very day. I'll never forget it. I had put bitter wormwood on my breast as I was sitting in the sun under the wall of the dove house. You and your husband were in Mantua. Boy, do I have some memory. But like I said, when she tasted the bitter wormwood on my nipple, the pretty little babe got irritated and started to quarrel with my breast. Then the dove house shook with the earthquake. There was no need to tell me to get out of there. That was eleven years ago. By then she could stand up all by herself. No, I swear by that time she could run and waddle all around. I remember because she had cut her forehead just the day before. My husband, 
God rest his soul, he was a happy man. Picked up the child. Oh, he said, did you fall on your face? You'll fall backward when you grow smarter, won't you, Jewel? And I swear the poor pretty thing stopped crying and said, Yes! Oh, to watch a joke come true. I bet if I live a thousand years, I'll never forget it. Won't you, Jewel, he said, and the pretty fool stopped crying and said yes. Enough of this. Please be quiet. Yes, madam. But I can't help laughing to think that the baby stopped crying and said yes. I swear she had a bump on her forehead as big as a rooster's testicle. It was a painful bruise, and she was crying bitterly. Yes, said my husband, did you fall on your face? You'll fall backward when you grow up, won't you, Jewel? And she stopped crying and said yes. Now you stop too, nurse, please. Peace, I'm done talking. May God choose you to receive his grace. You were the prettiest baby I ever nursed. If I live to see you get married some day, all my wishes will come true. Well, marriage is exactly what we have to discuss. Tell me, my daughter Juliet, what is your attitude about getting married? It is an honor that I do not dream of. An honor? If I weren't your only nurse, I'd say you had sucked wisdom from the breast that fed you. Well, start thinking about marriage now. Here in Verona, there are girls younger than you. Girls from noble families who have already become mothers. By my count, I was already your mother at just about your age, while you remain a virgin. Well then, I'll say this quickly. The valiant Paris wants you as his bride. What a man, young lady. He's as great a man as any in the whole world. He's as perfect as if he were sculpted from wax. Summertime in Verona has no flower as fine as him. No, he's a fine flower, truly a flower. What do you say? Can you love this gentleman? Tonight you'll see him at our feast. Study Paris's face and find pleasure in his beauty. Examine every line of his features and see how they work together to make him handsome. If you're confused, just look into his eyes. The man is single. And he lacks only a bride to make him perfect and complete. As is right, fish live in the sea. And it's wrong for a beauty like you to hide from a handsome man like him. Many people think he's handsome. And whoever becomes his bride will be just as admired. You would share all that he possesses. And by having him, you would lose nothing. Lose nothing? In fact, you'd get bigger. Men make women bigger by getting them pregnant. Give us a quick answer. Can you accept Paris's love? I'll look at him and try to like him, at least if what I see is likable. But I won't let myself fall for him any more than your permission allows. Madame, the guests are here. Dinner is served. People are calling for you. People have asked for Juliet. And in the pantry, people are cursing the nurse. Everything's out of control. I must go serve the guests. Please, follow straight after me. We'll follow you. Juliet, the Count is waiting for you. Go, girl. Look for a man who will give you happy nights at the end of happy days. What will we say is our excuse for being here? 
Or should we enter without apologizing? It's out of fashion to give lengthy explanations like that. We're not going to introduce our dance by having someone dress up as Cupid, blindfolded, and carrying a toy bow to frighten the ladies like a scarecrow. Nor are we going to recite a memorized speech to introduce ourselves. Let them judge us however they please. We'll give them a dance, and then hit the road. Give me a torch. I don't want to dance. I feel sad, so let me be the one who carries the light. No, noble Romeo, you've got to dance. Not me. Believe me. You're wearing dancing shoes with nimble soles. My soul is made out of lead, and it's so heavy it keeps me stuck on the ground so I can't move. You're a lover. Take Cupid's wings and fly higher than the average man. His arrow has pierced me too deeply, so I can't fly high with his cheerful feathers. Because this wound keeps me down, I can't leap any higher than my dull sadness. I sink under the heavy weight of love. If you sink, you're dragging love down. It's not right to drag down something as tender as love. Is love really tender? I think it's too rough, too rude, too rowdy, and it pricks like a thorn. If love plays rough with you, play rough with love. If you prick love when it pricks you, you'll beat love down. Give me a mask to put my face in. A mask to put over my other mask. What do I care if some curious person sees my flaws? Let this mask, with its black eyebrows, blush for me. Come on, let's knock and go in. The minute we get in, let's all start dancing. I'll take a torch. Let playful people with light hearts dance. There's an old saying that applies to me. You can't lose if you don't play the game. I'll just hold a torch and watch you guys. It looks like a lot of fun, but I'll sit this one out. Hey, you're being a stick in the mud. As cautious as a policeman on night patrol. If you're a stick in the mud, we'll pull you out of the mud. I mean, out of love, if you'll excuse me for being so rude, where you're stuck up to your ears. Come on, we're wasting precious daylight. Let's go. No, we're not. It's night. I mean, we're wasting the light of our torches by delaying, which is like wasting sunshine during the day. Use your common sense to figure out what I mean, instead of trying to be clever or trusting your five senses. We mean well by going to this masquerade ball. But it's not smart of us to go. Why, may I ask? I had a dream last night. So did I. Well, what was your dream? My dream told me that dreamers often lie. They lie in bed while they dream about the truth. Oh, then I see you've been with Queen Mab. Who's Queen Mab? She's the fairies' midwife. She's no bigger than the stone on a city councilman's ring. She rides around in a wagon drawn by tiny little atoms, and she rides over men's noses as they lie sleeping. The spokes of her wagon are made of spider's legs. The cover of her wagon is made of grasshopper's wings. The harnesses are made out of the smallest spider webs. The colors are made of moonbeams. Her whip is a thread attached to a cricket's bone. Her wagon driver is a tiny bug in a gray coat. He's not half the size of a little round worm that comes from the finger of a lazy young girl. Her chariot is a hazelnut shell. It was made by a carpenter squirrel or an old grub worm. They've made wagons for the fairies as long as anyone can remember. In this royal wagon, she rides every night through the brains of lovers and makes them dream about love.
She rides over the courtier's knees, and they dream about curtsying. She rides over the lawyer's fingers, and right away they dream about their fees. She rides over the lady's lips, and they immediately dream of kisses. Queen Mab often puts blisters on their lips because their breath smells like candy, which makes her mad. Sometimes she rides over a courtier's lips, and he dreams of making money off of someone. Sometimes she tickles a priest's nose with a tithe pig's tail, and he dreams of a large donation. Sometimes she rides over a soldier's neck, and he dreams of cutting the throats of foreign enemies, of breaking down walls, of ambushes, of Spanish swords, and of enormous cups of liquor. And then drums beat in his ear, and he wakes up. He's frightened, so he says a couple of prayers. And goes back to sleep. She is the same Mab who tangles the hair in horses' manes at night, and makes the tangles hard in the dirty airs, which bring bad luck if they're untangled. Mab is the old hag who gives false sex dreams to virgins and teaches them how to hold a lover and bear a child. She's the one. Enough, enough, Mercutio, be quiet. You're talking nonsense. True, I'm talking about dreams, which are the products of a brain that's doing nothing. Dreams are nothing but silly imagination, as thin as air and less predictable than the wind, which sometimes blows on the frozen north, and then gets angry and blows south. The wind you're talking about is blowing us off our course. Dinner is over, and we're going to get there too late. I'm worried we'll get there too early. I have a feeling this party tonight will be the start of something bad. Something that will end with my own death, but whoever's in charge of where my life's going can steer me wherever they want. Onward, lover boys. Beat the drum. Where's Potpan? Why isn't he helping us clear the table? He should be moving and scraping plates. When only one or two men have all the good manners, and even they are dirty, things are bad. When only one or two men have all the good manners, and even they are dirty, things are bad. Yes, boy, I'm ready. They're looking for you in the great chamber. We can't be in two places at once, both here and there. Cheers, boys. Be quick for a while, and let the one who lives the longest take everything. Welcome, gentlemen. The ladies who don't have corns on their toes will dance with you. Ha, my ladies! Which of you will refuse to dance now? Whichever of you acts shy, I'll swear she has corns. Does that hit close to home? <laughs> Welcome, gentlemen. There was a time when I could wear a mask over my eyes and charm a lady by whispering a story in her ear. That time is gone, gone, gone. You are welcome, gentlemen. Come on, musicians, play music. <laughs> Make room in the hall. Make room in the hall. Shake a leg, girls. More light, you rascals. Flip over the tables and get them out of the way. And put the fire out. It's getting too hot in here. Ah, my man, this unexpected fun feels good. No, sit down, sit down, my good Capulet cousin. You and I are too old to dance. Ah,、uh, how long is it now since you and I last wore masks at a party like this? I swear it must be thirty years. What man? It's not that long. 
It's not that long. It's been since Lucentio's wedding. Let the years fly by as fast as they like. It's only been 25 years since we wore masks. It's been longer, it's been longer. Lucentio's son is older than that, sir. He's 30 years old. Are you really going to tell me that? His son was a minor only two years ago. Who is the girl on the arm of that lucky knight over there? I don't know, sir. Oh, she shows the torches how to burn bright. She stands out against the darkness, like a jeweled earring hanging against the cheek of an African. Her beauty is too good for this world. She's too beautiful to die and be buried. She outshines the other women like a white dove in the middle of a flock of crows. When this dance is over, I'll see where she stands, and then I'll touch her hand with my rough and ugly one. Did my heart ever love anyone before this moment? My eyes were liars then, because I never saw true beauty before tonight. I can tell by his voice that this man is a Montague. Get me my sword, boy. What does this peasant dare to come here with his face covered by a mask to sneer at and scorn our celebration? Now, by the honor of our family, I do not consider it a crime to kill him. Why, what's going on here, nephew? Why are you acting so angry? Uncle, this man is a Montague, our enemy. He's a scoundrel who's come here out of spite to mock our party. Is it young Romeo? That's him, that villain Romeo. Calm down, gentle cousin. Leave him alone. He carries himself like a dignified gentleman, and, to tell you the truth, he has a reputation throughout Verona as a virtuous and well-behaved young man. I wouldn't insult him in my own house for all the wealth in this town, so calm down. Just ignore him. That's what I want, and if you respect my wishes, you'll look nice and stop frowning, because that's not the way you should behave at a feast. It's the right way to act when a villain like him shows up. I won't tolerate it. You will tolerate him. What, little man? I say you will. What the... Am I the boss here, or you? What the... You won't tolerate him, God help me. You'll start a riot among my guests. There will be chaos. It will be your fault. You'll be the rabble-rouser. Uncle, we're being disrespected. Go on. Go on. You're an insolent little boy. Is that how it is, really? This stupidity will come back to bite you. I know what I'll do. You have to contradict me, do you? I'll teach you a lesson. <laughs> well done, my dear guests. You're a punk. Get away. Keep your mouth shut or else. More light, more light. You should be ashamed. I'll shut you up. Keep having fun, my dear friends. The combination of force... Patience and pure rage is making my body tremble. I'll leave here now, but Romeo's prank, which seems so sweet to him now, will turn bitter to him later. Your hand is like a holy place that my hand is unworthy to visit. If you're offended by the touch of my hand, my two lips are standing here like blushing pilgrims, ready to make things better with a kiss. Good pilgrim, you don't give your hand enough credit. By holding my hand, you show polite devotion. After all, pilgrims touch the hands of statues of saints. Holding one palm against another is like a kiss. Don't saints and pilgrims have lips, too? Yes, pilgrim. They have lips that they're supposed to pray with. Well then, saint, let lips do what hands do. I'm praying 
for you to kiss me. Please grant my prayer so my faith doesn't turn to despair. Saints don't move, even when they grant prayers. Then don't move while I act out my prayer. Now my sin has been taken from my lips by yours. Then do my lips now have the sin they took from yours? Sin from my lips? You encourage crime with your sweetness. Give me my sin back. You kiss like you've studied how. Madam, your mother wants to talk to you. Who is her mother? Indeed, young man, her mother is the lady of the house. She is a good, wise, and virtuous lady. I nursed her daughter, whom you were just talking to. Let me tell you, the man who marries her will become very wealthy. Is she a Capulet? Oh, this is a heavy price to pay. My life is in the hands of my enemy. Come on, let's go. Right when things are the most fun is the best time to leave. Yes, but I'm afraid I'm in more trouble than ever. No, gentlemen, don't get ready to go now. We have a little dessert coming up. Is that really true? Well then, I thank you both. I thank you, honest gentlemen. Good night. Bring more torches over here. Come on, let's all go to bed. Ah, uh, my man, I swear it's getting late. I'm going to get some rest. Uh, come over here, nurse. Who is that gentleman? He is the son and heir of old Tiberio. Who is the one who's going out the door right now? Well, that one, I think, is young Petruchio. Who's the one following over there? The one who wouldn't dance? I don't know his name. Go ask. Oh, if he's married, I think I'll die rather than marry anyone else. His name is Romeo. He's a Montague. He's the only son of your worst enemy. The only man I love is the son of the only man I hate. I saw him too early without knowing who he was, and I found out who he was too late. Love is a monster for making me fall in love with my worst enemy. What's this? What's this? Just a rhyme I learned from somebody I danced with at the party. Juliet! Right away, right away. Come, let's go. The strangers are all gone. Act 2, Prologue Now Romeo's old feelings of desire are dying, and a new desire is eager to take their place. Romeo groaned for the beautiful Rosaline and said he would die for her, but compared with tender Juliet, Rosaline doesn't seem beautiful now. Now someone loves Romeo, and he's in love again, both of them falling for each other's good looks but he has to make his speeches of love to a woman who's supposed to be his enemy. And she's been hooked by someone she should fear. Because he's an enemy, Romeo has no chance to see Juliet and say the things a lover normally says. And Juliet's just as much in love as he, but she has even less opportunity to meet her lover. But love gives them power, and time gives them the chance to meet, sweetening the extreme danger with intense pleasure. Can I go away while my heart stays here? I have to go back to where my heart is. Romeo, my cousin, Romeo, Romeo. He's a smart boy. I bet he slipped away and went home to bed. He ran this way and jumped over this orchard wall. Call to him, Mercutio. I'll conjure him as if I were summoning a spirit. Romeo, madman, passion, Lover, 
show yourself in the form of a sigh. Speak one rhyme, and I'll be satisfied. Just cry out, ah, me. Just say love and dove. Say just one lovely word to my good friend Venus. Just say the nickname of her blind son Cupid, the one who shot arrows so well in the old story. Romeo doesn't hear me. He doesn't stir. He doesn't move. The silly ape is dead. But I must make him appear. I summon you by Rosalind's bright eyes, by her high forehead and her red lips, by her fine feet, by her straight legs, by her trembling thighs, and by the regions right next to her thighs. In the name of all these things, I command you to appear before us in your true form. If he hears you, you'll make him angry. What I'm saying can't anger him. He would be angry if I summoned a strange spirit for her to have sex with. That's what would make him angry. The things I'm saying are fair and honest. All I'm doing is saying the name of a woman he loves to lure him out of the darkness. Come on, he's hidden behind these trees to keep the night company. His love is blind, so it belongs in the dark. If love is blind, it can't hit the target. Now he'll sit under a medlar tree and wish his mistress were one of those fruits that look like female genitalia. Oh, Romeo, I wish she were an open arse, and you a popperin pair to popperin. Good night, Romeo. I'll go to my little trundle bed. This open field is too cold a place for me to sleep. Come on, should we go? Let's go. There's no point in looking for him if he doesn't want to be found. It's easy for someone to joke about scars if they've never been cut. But wait, what's that light in the window over there? <laughs> it is the east, and Juliet is the sun. Rise up, beautiful sun, and kill the jealous moon. The moon is already sick and pale with grief because you, Juliet, her maid, are more beautiful than she. Don't be her maid, because she is jealous. Virginity makes her look sick and green. Only fools hold on to their virginity. Let it go. Oh, there's my lady. Oh, it is my love. Oh, I wish she knew how much I love her. She's talking, but she's not saying anything. So what? Her eyes are saying something. I will answer them. I am too bold. She's not talking to me. Two of the brightest stars in the whole sky had to go away on business, and they're asking her eyes to twinkle in their places until they return. What if her eyes were in the sky and the stars were in her head? <laughs> the brightness of her cheeks would outshine the stars, the way the sun outshines a lamp. If her eyes were in the night sky, they would shine so brightly through space that, that birds would start singing, thinking her light was the light of day. Look how she leans her hand on her cheek. Oh, I wish I was the glove on that hand so that I could touch that cheek. Oh, my. She speaks. Oh, speak again, bright angel. You are as glorious as an angel tonight. You shine above me like a winged messenger from heaven who makes mortal men fall on their backs to look up at the sky, watching the angel walking on the clouds and sailing on the air. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, why do you have to be Romeo? Forget about your father and change your name. Or else, if you won't change your name, just swear you love me and I'll stop being a Capulet. Should I listen for more, or should I speak now? It 
it's only your name that's my enemy. You'd still be yourself even if you stopped being a Montague. What's a Montague anyway? It isn't a hand, a foot, an arm, a face, or any other part of a man. Oh, be some other name. What does a name mean? The thing we call a rose would smell just as sweet if we called it by any other name. Romeo would be just as perfect even if he wasn't called Romeo. Romeo, lose your name. Trade in your name, which really has nothing to do with you, and take all of me in exchange. I trust your words. Just call me your love and I will take a new name. From now on, I will never be Romeo again. Who are you? Why do you hide in the darkness and listen to my private thoughts? I don't know how to tell you who I am by telling you a name. I hate my name, dear saint, because my name is your enemy. If I had it written down, I would tear up the paper. I haven't heard you say a hundred words yet, but I recognize the sound of your voice. Aren't you Romeo? And aren't you a Montague? I am neither of those things, if you dislike them. Tell me, how did you get in here? And why did you come? The orchard walls are high, and it's hard to climb over them. If any of my relatives find you here, they'll kill you because of who you are. I flew over these walls with the light wings of love. Stone walls can't keep love out. Whatever a man in love can possibly do, his love will make him try to do it. Therefore, your relatives are no obstacle. If they see you, they'll murder you. Alas, one angry look from you would be worse than twenty of your relatives with swords. Just look at me kindly, and I'm invincible against their hatred. I'd give anything to keep them from seeing you here. The darkness will hide me from them. And if you don't love me, let them find me here. I'd rather they killed me than have to live without your love. Who told you how to get here below my bedroom? Love showed me the way. The same thing that made me look for you in the first place. Love told me what to do, and I let love borrow my eyes. I'm not a sailor, but if you were across the farthest sea, I would risk everything to gain you. You can't see my face because it's dark out. Otherwise, you'd see me blushing about the things you've heard me say tonight. I would be happy to keep up good manners and deny the things I've said, but forget about good manners. Do you love me? I know you'll say yes, and I'll believe you. But if you swear you love me, you might turn out to be lying. They say Jove laughs when lovers lie to each other. Oh, Romeo, if you really love me, say it truly. Or if you think it's too easy and quick to win my heart, I'll frown and play hard to get, as long as that will make you try to win me. But otherwise, I wouldn't act that way for anything. In truth, handsome Montague, I like you too much, so you may think my behavior is loose. But trust me, gentlemen, I'll prove myself more faithful than the girls who act coy and play hard to get. I should have been more standoffish, I confess, but you overheard me talking about the love in my heart when I didn't know you were there. So excuse me, and do not assume that because you made me love you so easily my love isn't serious. Lady, I swear by the sacred moon above, the moon that paints the tops of fruit trees with silver. Don't swear by the moon. The moon is always changing. Every month its position in the sky shifts. I don't want you to turn out to be that inconsistent, too. What should I swear by? Don't swear at all. But if you have to swear, swear by your wonderful self, which is the god I worship like an idol, and then I'll believe you. If my heart's dear love... Well, don't swear. Although you bring me joy, I can't take joy in this exchange of promises tonight. It's too crazy. We haven't done enough thinking. It's too sudden. 
It's too much like lightning, which flashes and then disappears before you can say it's lightning. My sweet, good night. Our love, which right now is like a flower bud in the summer air, may turn out to be a beautiful flower by the next time we meet. I hope you enjoy the same sweet peace and rest I feel in my heart. Oh, are you going to leave me so unsatisfied? What satisfaction could you possibly have tonight? I would be satisfied if we made each other true promises of love. I pledged my love to you before you asked me to, yet I wish I could take that promise back so I had it to give again. You would take it back? Why would you do that, my love? Only to be generous and give it to you once more. But I'm wishing for something I already have. My generosity to you is as limitless as the sea, and my love is as deep. The more love I give you, the more I have. Juliet? I, I hear a noise inside. Dear love, goodbye. Just a minute, good nurse. Sweet Montague, be true. Uh, stay here for a moment. I'll come back. Oh, blessed, blessed night. Because it's dark out, I'm afraid all this is just a dream. Too sweet to be real. Three words, dear Romeo, and then it's good night for real. If your intentions as a lover are truly honorable and you want to marry me, send me word tomorrow. I'll send a messenger to you, and you can pass on a message telling me where and when we'll be married. I'll lay all my fortunes at your feet and follow you, my lord, all over the world. Madam! I'll be right there! If you don't have honorable intentions, I beg you- Madam! All right, I'm coming! I beg you to stop trying for me and leave me to my sadness. Tomorrow I'll send the messenger. My soul depends on it. A thousand times good night. Leaving you is a thousand times worse than being near you. A lover goes toward his beloved as enthusiastically as a schoolboy leaving his books. But when he leaves his girlfriend, he feels as miserable as the schoolboy on his way to school. Hist! Romeo! Hist! Oh, I wish I could make a falconer's call so I could bring my little falcon back again. I'm trapped in my family's house, so I must be quiet. Otherwise, I would rip open the cave where Echo sleeps. I would make her repeat his name until her voice grew more hoarse than mine by repeating, My Romeo! Oh, my soul is calling out my name. The sound of lovers calling each other's names through the night is silver sweet. It's the sweetest sound a lover ever hears. Romeo! My baby hawk? What time tomorrow should I send a messenger to you? By nine o'clock. I won't fail. From now until then seems like twenty years. I've forgotten why I called you back. Let me stand here until you remember your reason. I I'll forget it, and you'll have to stand there forever. I'll only remember how much I love your company. I'll keep standing here, even if you keep forgetting. I'll forget that I have any home besides this spot right here. It's almost morning. I want to make you go, but I'd only let you go as far as a spoiled child lets his pet bird go. He lets the bird hop a little from his hand and then yanks him back by a string. I wish I was your bird. My sweet, so do I. But I would kill you by petting you too much. Night. Good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I'll say good night until tonight becomes tomorrow. I hope you sleep peacefully. Oh, I wish I were sleep and peace so I could spend the night with you. <laughs> now I'll go see my priest to ask for his help and to tell him about my good luck. The smiling morning is replacing the frowning night. 
Darkness is stumbling out of the sun's path like a drunk man. Now, before the sun comes up and burns away the dew, I have to fill this basket of mine with poisonous weeds and medicinal flowers. The earth is nature's mother and also nature's tomb. Plants are born out of the earth, and they are buried in the earth when they die. From the earth's womb, many different sorts of plants and animals come forth, and the earth provides her children with many excellent forms of nourishment. Everything nature creates has some special property, and each one is different. Herbs, plants, and stones possess great power. There is nothing on earth that is so evil that it does not provide the earth with some special quality. And there is nothing that does not turn bad if it's put to the wrong use and abused. Virtue turns to vice if it's misused. Vice sometimes becomes virtue through the right activity. Inside the little rind of this weak flower, there is both poison and powerful medicine. If you smell it, you will feel good all over your body, but if you taste it, you die. There are two opposite elements in everything, in men as well as in herbs, good and evil. When evil is dominant, death soon kills the body like cancer. Good morning, father. God bless you. Who greets me so early in the morning? Young man, something's wrong if you're getting out of bed this early. Every old man has worries, and worried men never get any sleep, but young men shouldn't have a care in the world. They should get to bed early and get plenty of sleep. Therefore, the fact that you're awake this early tells me you've been upset with some anxiety. If that's not the case, then this must be the answer. You, Romeo, have not been to bed tonight. Your last guess is right. I enjoyed a sweeter rest than sleep. May God forgive you if you've sinned. Were you with Rosaline? With Rosaline, father? No, I have forgotten that girl and all the sadness she brought me. That's good, my boy. But where have you been? I'll tell you before you have to ask me again. I have been feasting with my enemy. Suddenly someone wounded me with love and was wounded with love by me. You have the sacred power to cure both of us. I carry no hatred, holy man, because my request will benefit my enemy. Speak plainly. Make your meaning clear, my son. A jumbled confession can only receive a jumbled absolution. I love Rich Capulet's daughter. I love her and she loves me. We're bound to each other in every possible way, except we need you to marry us. I'll tell you more later about when and where we met, how we fell in love, and how we exchanged promises. But now I'm begging you, please, agree to marry us today. Holy St. Francis, this is a drastic change. Have you given up so quickly on Rosaline, whom you love so much? Then young men love with their eyes, not with their hearts. Jesus and Mary, how many tears did you cry for Rosaline? How many salty teardrops did you waste salting a love you never tasted? The sun hasn't yet melted away the fog you made with all your sighs. The groans you used to make are still ringing in my old ears. There's still a stain on your cheek from an old tear that hasn't been washed off yet. If you were ever yourself, and this sadness was yours, you and your sadness were all for Rosaline. And now you've changed? Then repeat this after me. You can't expect women to be faithful when men are so unreliable. You scolded me often for loving Rosalind. I scolded you for obsessing about her, not for loving her, my student. And you told me to bury my love. 
I didn't tell you to get rid of one love and replace her with another. Please, I beg you, don't scold me. The girl I love now returns my love. The other girl did not love me. Oh, she knew very well that you were acting like you were in love without really knowing what love means. But come on, inconsistent young man, come with me. I'll help you with your secret wedding. This marriage may be lucky enough to turn the hatred between your families into pure love. Go wisely and slowly. Those who rush stumble and fall. Let's get out of here. I'm in a rush. Where the devil can Romeo be? Didn't he come home last night? Not to his father's house. I asked a servant. That fair-skinned, hard-hearted hussy, Rosalind, is going to torment him until he goes insane. Tybalt, old Capulet's nephew, has sent a letter to Romeo's father's house. I bet it's a challenge. Romeo will answer the challenge. Any man who knows how to write can answer a letter. No, Romeo will respond to the writer, telling him whether he accepts the challenge. Oh, poor Romeo. He's already dead. He's been stabbed by a white girl's black eye. He's been cut through the ear with a love song. The center of his heart has been split by blind Cupid's arrow. Is he man enough at this point to face off with Tybalt? Why? What's Tybalt's story? He's tougher than the Prince of Cats. He does everything by the book. He fights like you sing at a recital, paying attention to time, distance, and proportion. He takes the proper breaks. One, two, and the third in your heart. He's the butcher who can hit any silk button. A master of duels. He's a gentleman from the finest school of fencing. He knows how to turn any argument into a sword fight. He knows Posado, the forward thrust, the punto reverso, the backhand thrust, and the high. The thrust that goes straight through. He knows what? I hate these crazy, affected guys who use foreign phrases and newfangled expressions. I hate their strange manners and their weird accents. I hate it when they say... By Jesus, this is a very good blade, a very brave man, a very good whore. Isn't this a sad thing, my good man? Why should we put up with these foreign buzzards, these fashion mongers, these guys who say, pardon me, these guys who care so much about manners that they can't kick back on a bench without whining? Oh, my aching bones! Here comes Romeo, here comes Romeo! He looks skinny, like a dried herring without its eggs. And he hasn't got his girl. Oh, flesh, flesh, you've turned pale and weak like a fish. Now he's ready for Petrarch's poetry. Compared to Romeo's girl, Laura was a kitchen slave. Surely she has a better love to make rhymes for her. Dido was shabbily dressed. Cleopatra was a gypsy girl. Helen and Hero were sluts and harlots. Thisbe might have had a blue eye or two, but that doesn't matter. Signor Romeo, bonjour. There's a French greeting that matches your drooping French-style pants. You faked us out pretty good last night. Good morning to you both. What do you mean I faked you out? You gave us the slip, sir, the slip. Can't you understand what I'm saying? Excuse me, good Mercutio. I had very important business to take care of. It was so important that I had to forget about courtesy and good manners. 
In other words, important business made you flex your buttocks. You mean do a curtsy? You've hit the target, sir. That's a very polite and courteous explanation. Yes, I am the pink flower, the master of courtesy and manners. The pink flower? Right. Well, then my pump is well decorated with flowers. All right, my witty friend. This joke has worn out your pump. Its thin skin is all worn out. The joke is all you have left. This is a bad joke. It's all silliness. Come break this up, Benvolio. I'm losing this duel of wits. Keep going, keep going, or I'll declare myself the winner. Now, if our joke goes on a wild goose chase, I'm finished. You have more wild goose in one of your jokes than I have in five of mine. Was I even close to you in the chase for the goose? You were never with me for anything if you weren't there for the goose. I'll bite you on the ear for that joke. No, good goose, don't bite me. Your joke is a very bitter apple. Your humor is a spicy sauce. Then isn't it just the right dish for a sweet goose? Oh, that's a joke that's made out of leather that spreads itself thin from the width of an inch to as fat as a yard. I stretch my joke for that word fat. If you add that word to the word goose, it shows that you are a fat goose. Why, isn't all this joking better than groaning about love? Now you're sociable. Now you're Romeo. Now you are what you've learned to be and what you are naturally. This love of yours was like a blithering idiot who runs up and down looking for a hole to hide his toy in. Stop there, stop there. You want me to stop my tail before I'm done? Otherwise your tail would have gotten too long. Oh, you're wrong. I would have made it short. I had come to the deepest part of my tail, and I planned to say nothing more on the topic. Here's something good. A sail, a sail! There's two, a man and a woman. Peter! I'm at your service. Give me my fan, Peter. Good Peter, give her her fan to hide her face. Her fan is prettier than her face. Good morning, gentlemen. Good afternoon, fair lady. Is it now afternoon? It's not earlier than that, I tell you. The lusty hand of the clock is now pricking noon. Get out of here! What kind of man are you? I'm a man, my lady, that God has made for himself to ruin. I swear you speak the truth. For himself to ruin, he says. Gentlemen, can any of you tell me where I can find young Romeo? I can tell you, but young Romeo will be older when you find him than he was when you started looking for him. I am the youngest man by that name, because there is no one younger or worse. You speak well. Is it the worst well? Very well taken, I believe. Very wise. If you're the Romeo I'm looking for, sir, I would like to have a confidence with you. She will indict him to some dinner party. A pimp! A pimp! A pimp! I've found it out! What have you found out? She's not a prostitute, unless she's using her ugliness to hide her promiscuity. Old rabbit meat is good to eat, if you can't get anything else. But if it's so old that it goes bad before you eat it, then it was a waste of money. Romeo, are you going to your father's for lunch? Let's go there. I'll follow after you. Goodbye, old lady. Goodbye, lady, lady, lady. Please tell me, sir, who was that foul-mouthed punk who was so full of crude jokes? Nurse, he's a man who likes to hear the sound of his own voice. He says more in one minute than he does in a whole month. 
If he says anything against me, I'll humble him, even if he were stronger than he is and twenty punks like him. If I can't do it myself, I'll find someone who can. That dirty rat. I'm not one of his sluts. I'm not one of his punk friends who carries a knife. And you just stand there letting every jerk make fun of me for kicks. I didn't see anybody use you for kicks. If I had seen something like that, I would have quickly pulled out my weapon. Believe me, I'll draw my sword as quick as any other man if I see a fight starting and the law is on my side. Now I swear I'm so angry that I'm shaking all over. That rotten scoundrel! Now please, may I have a word with you, sir? My young mistress asked me to find you. What she asked me to say I'll keep to myself, but let me tell you this first. If you lead her into a fool's paradise, as the saying goes, it would be an outrageous crime because the girl is so young. And if you try to trick her, it would be an evil thing to do to any woman and very poor behavior. Nurse, give my regards to your lady. I, I swear to you, I You have a good heart, and believe me, I'll tell her that, Lord, Lord, she'll be a happy woman. What are you going to tell her, nurse? You're not paying attention to me. Sir, I'll tell you that you protest to her, which I think is the gentlemanly thing to do. Tell her to devise a plan to get out of her house and come to confession at the Abbey this afternoon. At Friar Lawrence's cell, she can make confession and be married. Here is a reward for your efforts. No, really, I won't take a penny. Go on, I insist you take it. This afternoon, sir, she'll be there. Wait, good nurse. Within an hour, one of my men will come to you behind the abbey wall and give you a rope ladder. I'll use the rope ladder to climb over the walls at night. Then I'll meet Juliet joyfully and in secret. Goodbye. Be honest and helpful, and I'll repay you for your efforts. Goodbye. Sing my praises to your mistress. May God in heaven bless you. Now, please listen, sir. What do you have to say, my dear nurse? Can your man keep a secret? Haven't you heard the saying, two can conspire to put one away? I assure you, my man is as true as steel. Well, sir, my mistress is the sweetest lady. Lord, Lord, when she was a little baby, oh, there was one nobleman in the city, a guy named Paris, who would be happy to claim her as his own. Juliet would rather look at a toad than at him. I make her angry sometimes by saying that Paris is more handsome than you are. But when I say so, I swear she turns white as a sheet. Don't Rosemary and Romeo begin with the same letter? Yes, nurse. What about that? They both begin with the letter R. Oh, you jokester. That's the dog's name. R is for the... No, I, I know it begins with another letter. She says the most beautiful things about you and Rosemary. It would be good for you to hear the things she says. Give my compliments to your lady. Yes, a thousand times. Peter? I'm ready. Go ahead. Go quickly. I sent the nurse at nine o'clock. Maybe she can't find him. That can't be. Oh, she's slow. Love's messengers should be thoughts, which fly ten times faster than sunbeams. They should be strong enough to push shadows over the dark hills. That's the way doves carry Venus so fast, and that's why Cupid has wings that let him fly as fast as the wind. Oh, now it's noon. That's three hours since nine o'clock, but she hasn't come back. If she was young and passionate, she'd move as fast as a ball. My words would bounce her to my sweet love, and his words would bounce her back to me. But a lot of old people act like they're already dead. Sluggish, slow, fat, and colorless, like lead. 
Oh, my God, here she comes. Oh, oh, sweet nurse, what news do you bring? Have you spoken to him? Send your man away. Peter, wait for me at the gate. Now, good, sweet nurse. Oh, Lord, why do you look so sad? Even if the news is sad, tell me with a smile on your face. If the news is good, you're ruining the sweet news by playing a trick with a sour face like that. <sighs> I'm tired. Leave me alone for a minute. Oh, my, my... Bones ache so much. I've been running all over the place. I wish you had my bones and I had your news. Come on now, I beg you, speak, good nurse, speak. Sweet Jesus, you're in such a hurry. Can't you wait for a moment? Don't you see that I'm out of breath? How can you be out of breath when you have enough breath to tell me that you're out of breath? The excuse you make to delay the news is longer than the news itself. Is the news good or bad? Answer the question. Tell me if it's good or bad, and I'll wait for the details. Tell me so I can be satisfied. Is it good or bad? Well, you have made a foolish choice. You don't know how to pick a man. Romeo? No, not him. Though his face is more handsome than any man's, and his legs are prettier, and as for his hands and feet and body, they're not much to speak of, and yet... They're beyond compare. He's not the most polite man in the world, but believe me, he's gentle as a lamb. Well, do what you want. Be good. Have you had lunch yet? No, I haven't had lunch. Everything you told me I already knew. What does he say about our marriage? What about that? Lord, what a headache I've got. My head is pounding. It feels like it'll break into twenty pieces. My back aches, too. Ooh, 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 on the other, on the other side. Ah, oh, my poor aching back. Curse your heart for sending me running all over town. I could get sick and die. Believe me, I'm sorry you're in pain. Sweet, sweet, sweet nurse, tell me, what did my love Romeo say? Your love says, like an honorable gentleman who is courteous, kind, handsome, and I believe virtuous. Where's your mother? Where is your mother? Why, she's inside. Where else would she be? Your answer is so strange. Your love says, like an honorable gentleman, where is your mother? Oh, holy Mary, mother of God. Are you this impatient? Come on, you're being ridiculous. Is this the cure for my aching bones? From now on, take care of your messages yourself. You're making such a fuss. Come on, what did Romeo say? Do you have permission to go and take confession today? I do. Then hurry up and rush over to Friar Lawrence's cell. There's a husband there who's waiting to make you his wife. Now I see the blood rushing to your cheeks. You blush bright red as soon as you hear any news. Go to the church. I must go by a different path to get a rope ladder. Your love will use it to climb up to your window while it's dark. <sighs> I do the drudge work for your pleasure. But soon you'll be doing a wife's work all night long. Go! I'll go to lunch. You go to Friar Lawrence's cell. Wish me luck. Thank you, dear nurse. May the heavens be happy with this holy act of marriage, so nothing unfortunate happens later to make us regret it. Amen, amen. But whatever misfortunes occur, they can't ruin the joy I feel with one look at her.
All you have to do is join our hands with holy words. Then love-destroying death can do whatever it pleases. It's enough for me if I can call her mine. These sudden joys have sudden endings. They burn up in victory like fire and gunpowder. When they meet, as in a kiss, they explode. Too much honey is delicious, but it makes you sick to your stomach. Therefore, love each other in moderation. That is the key to long-lasting love. Too fast is as bad as too slow. Here comes the lady. Oh, a footstep as light as hers will never endure the rocky road of life. Lovers are so light they can walk on a spiderweb floating on a summer breeze and yet not fall. That's how flimsy and unreal pleasure is. Good evening, my spiritual confessor. Romeo will thank you, my girl, for both of us. I'll give him equal thanks, so we're even. Ah, Juliet, if you're as happy as I am and you're better with words... Tell me about the happiness you imagine we'll have in our marriage. I can imagine more than I can say. I have more on my mind than words. Anyone who can count how much he has is poor. My true love has made me so rich that I can't count even half of my wealth. Come, come with me and we'll do the job quickly. Because if you don't mind, I'm not leaving you two alone until you're united in marriage. I'm begging you, good Mercutio. Let's call it a day. It's hot outside and the Capulets are wandering around. If we bump into them, we'll certainly start a fight. When it's hot outside, people become angry and hot-blooded. You're like one of those guys who walks into a bar, slams his sword on the table, and then says, I pray I never have to use you. By the time he orders a second drink, he pulls his sword on the bartender for no reason at all. Am I really like one of those guys? Come on, you can be as angry as a guy in Italy when you're in the mood. When someone does the smallest thing to make you angry, you get angry. And when you're in the mood to get angry, you find something to get angry about. And what about that? If there were two men like you, pretty soon there'd be none, because the two of you would kill each other. You would fight a man if he had one more whisker, or one less whisker in his beard, than you have in your beard. You'll fight with a man who's cracking nuts just because you have hazelnut-colored eyes. Only you would look for a fight like that. Your head is as full of fights as an egg is full of yolk, but your head has been beaten like scrambled eggs from so much fighting. You started a fight with a man who coughed in the street because he woke up a dog that was sleeping in the sun. Didn't you argue it out with your tailor for wearing one of his new suits before the right season? And with another for trying the new shoes he made with old laces? And yet, you're the one who wants to teach me about restraint. If I were in the habit of fighting the way you are, my life insurance rates would be sky high. Your life insurance? That's foolish. Oh, great. Here come the Capulets. Well, well, I don't care. Follow me closely. I'll talk to them. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'd like to have a word with one of you. You want one word with one of us? Put it together with something else. Make it a word and a blow. You'll find me ready enough to do that, sir, if you give me a reason. Can't you find a reason without my giving you one? Ah, Mercutio. You hang out with Romeo. Hang out? Who do you think we are? Musicians in a band? If we look like musicians to you, you can expect to hear nothing but noise. This is my fiddlestick. I'll use it to make you dance. God damn it! Hang out! We're talking here in a public place. 
Either go someplace private, talk it over rationally, or just go away. Out here, everybody can see us. Men's eyes were made to see things, so let them watch. I won't move to please anybody. Well, may peace be with you. Here comes my man, the man I'm looking for. He's not your man. All right, walk out into a field and he'll chase you. In that sense, you can call him your man. Romeo, there's only one thing I can call you. You're a villain. Tybalt, I have a reason to love you that lets me put aside the rage I should feel and excuse that insult. I am no villain, so goodbye. I can tell that you don't know who I am. Boy, your words can't excuse the harm you've done to me. So now turn and draw your sword. I disagree. I've never done you harm. I love you more than you can understand until you know the reason why I love you. And so, good Capulet, which is a name I love like my own name, you should be satisfied with what I say. This calm submission is dishonorable and vile. The thrust of a sword will end this surrender. Tybalt, you rat catcher, will you go fight me? What do you want from me? Good king of cats, I want to take one of your nine lives. I'll take one, and depending on how you treat me after that, I might beat the other eight out of you too. Will you pull your sword out of its sheath? Hurry up, or I'll smack you on the ears with my sword before you have yours drawn. I'll fight you. Noble Mercutio, put your sword away. Come on, sir. Perform your forward thrust. Your passado. Draw your sword, Benvolio. Let's beat down their weapons. Gentlemen, stop this disgraceful fight. Tybalt, Mercutio, the prince has banned fighting in the streets of Verona. Stop, Tybalt. Stop, good Mercutio. I've been hurt. May a plague curse both of your families. I'm finished. Did he get away clean? What? Are you hurt? Yes, yes. It's a scratch. Just a scratch. But it's enough. Where's my page? Go, boy. Get me a doctor. Have courage, man. The wound can't be that bad. No. It's not as deep as a well or... As wide as a church door, but it's enough. It'll do the job. As for me tomorrow and you'll find me in the grave. I'm done for in this world, I believe. May a plague strike both of your houses. God damn it! I can't believe that dog, that rat, that mouse, that cat could scratch me to death. That braggart, punk villain... Who fights like he learned swordsmanship from a manual? Why the hell did you come between us? He struck me from under your arm. I thought it was the right thing to do. Take me inside some house, Benvolio, or I'll pass out. May a plague strike both of your families. They've turned me into food for worms. I'm done for. Curse your families! This gentleman, Mercutio. A close relative of the prince and my dear friend was killed while defending me from Tybalt's slander. Tybalt, who had been my cousin for a whole hour! Oh, sweet Juliet, your beauty has made me weak like a woman, and you have softened my bravery which before was as hard as steel. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, brave Mercutio is dead. His brave spirit has floated up to heaven, but it was too early for him to leave life on earth. The future will be affected by today's terrible events. Today is the start of a terror that will end in the days ahead. Here comes Furious Tybalt back again. He's alive and victorious and Mercutio's dead? 
enough with mercy and consideration. It's time for rage to guide my actions. Now, Tybalt, you can call me villain the way you did before. Mercutio's soul is floating right above our heads. He's waiting for you to keep him company on the way up to heaven. Either you or I or both of us have to go with him. Wretched boy, you hung out with him here. And you're going to go to heaven with him. This fight will decide who dies. <laughs> Romeo, get out of here. The citizens are around and Tybalt is dead. Don't stand there shocked. The prince will give you the death penalty if you get caught, so get out of here! Oh, I have awful luck. Why are you waiting? The man who killed Mercutio. Which way did he go? Tybalt, the murderer! Which way did he run? Tybalt is lying over there. Get up, sir, and come with me. I command you, by the authority of the prince, to obey me. Where are the evil men who started this fight? Oh, noble prince, I can tell you everything about the unfortunate circumstances of this deadly fight. Over there, Tybalt is lying dead. He killed your relative, brave Mercutio. And then young Romeo killed him. Tybalt was my nephew. He was my brother's son. Oh, prince. Oh, nephew. Oh, husband. Oh, my nephew is dead. Oh, prince. As you are a man of honor, take revenge for this murder by killing someone from the Montague family. Oh, cousin. Cousin! Benvolio, who started this fight? Tybalt started the fight before he was killed by Romeo. Romeo spoke to Tybalt politely and told him how silly this argument was. He mentioned that you would not approve of the fight. He said all of this gently and calmly, kneeling down out of respect. But he could not make peace with Tybalt, who was in an angry mood and wouldn't listen to talk about peace. Tybalt and Mercutio began to fight each other fiercely, lunging at one another and dodging each other's blows. Romeo cried out, Stop, my friends, break it up! Then he jumped in between them and forced them to put their swords down. But Tybalt reached under Romeo's arm and thrust his sword into brave Mercutio. Then Tybalt fled the scene. But pretty soon he came back to meet Romeo, who was overcome with a desire for revenge. As quick as lightning they started fighting. Before I could break up the fight, Tybalt was killed. Romeo ran away when Tybalt fell dead. I'm telling you the truth, I swear on my life. Benvolio is part of the Montague family. His loyalties to the Montagues make him tell lies. He's not telling the truth. There were twenty Montagues fighting in this awful riot, and together those twenty could only kill one man. I demand justice. You, Prince, are the man who can give me justice. Romeo killed Tybalt. Romeo must die. Romeo killed Tybalt. Tybalt killed Mercutio. Who should now pay the price for Mercutio's life? Not Romeo, Prince. He was Mercutio's friend. His crime did Justice's job by taking Tybalt's life. And for that crime, Romeo is hereby exiled from Verona. I'm involved in your rivalry. Mercutio was my relative, and he lies dead because of your bloody feud. I'll punish you so harshly that you'll regret causing me this loss. I won't listen to your pleas or excuses. You can't get out of trouble by praying or crying, so don't bother. 
Tell Romeo to leave the city immediately, or else, if he is found, he will be killed. Take away this body and do as I say. Showing mercy by pardoning killers only causes more murders. I wish the sun would hurry up and set and night would come immediately. When the night comes and everyone goes to sleep, Romeo will leap into my arms and no one will know. Beauty makes it possible for lovers to see how to make love in the dark, or else love is blind and its best time is the night. I wish night would come like a widow dressed in black so I can learn how to submit to my husband and lose my virginity. Let the blood rushing to my cheeks be calmed. In the darkness, let me, a shy virgin, learn the strange act of sex so that it seems innocent, modest, and true. Come, night. Come, Romeo. You're like a day that comes during the night. You're whiter than snow on the black wings of a raven. Come, gentle night. Come, loving dark night. Give me my Romeo. And when I die... Turn him into stars and form a constellation in his image. His face will make the heavens so beautiful that the world will fall in love with the night and forget about the garish sun. Oh, I have bought Love's mansion, but I haven't moved in yet. I belong to Romeo now, but he hasn't taken possession of me yet. This day is so boring that I feel like a child on the night before a holiday, waiting to put on my fancy new clothes. Oh, here comes my nurse and she brings news. Every voice that mentions Romeo's name sounds beautiful. Now, nurse, what's the news? Is that the rope ladder Romeo told you to pick up? Yes, yes. This is the rope ladder. Oh, my. What's the news? Why do you look so upset? Oh, it's a sad day. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. We're ruined, lady. We're ruined. What an awful day. He's gone. He's been killed. He's dead. Can God be so jealous and hateful? Romeo is hateful, even though God isn't. Oh, Romeo. Romeo. Whoever would have thought it would be Romeo? What kind of devil are you to torture me like this? This is as bad as the tortures of hell. Has Romeo killed himself? Just say yes, and I will turn more poisonous than the snake with the evil eye. I will no longer be myself if you tell me Romeo killed himself. If he's been killed, say yes. If not, say no. These short words will determine my joy or my pain. I saw the wound. I saw it with my own eyes. God bless that wound here on his manly chest. A pitiful corpse. A bloody, pitiful corpse pale as ashes, and drenched in blood. All the dried blood was so gory. I fainted when I saw it. Oh, my heart is breaking. Oh, my bankrupt heart is breaking. I'll send my eyes to prison, and they'll never be free to look at anything again. I'll give my vile body back to the earth. I'll never move again. My body and Romeo's will lie together in one sad coffin. Oh, Tybalt. Tybalt, he was the best friend I had. Oh, polite Tybalt, he was an honorable gentleman. I wish I had not lived long enough to see him die. What disaster is this? Has Romeo been killed and is Tybalt dead too? Tybalt was my dearest cousin. Romeo was even dearer to me as my husband. 
Let the trumpets play the song of doom, because who can be alive if those two are gone? Tybalt is dead, and Romeo has been banished. Romeo killed Tybalt, and his punishment was banishment. Oh, God. Did Romeo's hand shed Tybalt's blood? It did. It did. Curse the day this happened, but it did. Oh, he's like a snake disguised as a flower. Did a dragon ever hide in such a beautiful cave? He's a beautiful tyrant and a, a fiendish angel. He's a raven with the feathers of a dove. He's a lamb who hunts like a wolf. I hate him, yet he seemed the most wonderful man. He's turned out to be the exact opposite of what he seemed. He's a saint who should be damned. He's a villain who seemed honorable. Oh, nature, what were you doing in hell? Why did you put the soul of a criminal in the perfect body of a man? Was there ever such an evil book with such a beautiful cover? Oh, I can't believe the deepest evil lurked inside something so beautiful. There is no trust, no faith, no honesty in men. All of them lie. All of them cheat. They're all wicked. Oh, where's my servant? Give me some brandy. These griefs, these pains, these sorrows make me old. Shame on Romeo. I hope sores cover your tongue for a wish like that. He was not born to be shameful. Shame does not belong with Romeo. He deserves only honor, complete honor. Oh, I was such a beast to be angry at him. Are you going to say good things about the man who killed your cousin? Am I supposed to say bad things about my own husband? Ah, my poor husband. Who will sing your praises when I, your wife of three hours, have been saying awful things about you? But why, you villain, did you kill my cousin? Probably because my cousin, the villain, would have killed you, my husband. I'm not going to cry any tears. I would cry with joy that Romeo was alive, but I should cry tears of grief because Tybalt is dead. My husband, whom Tybalt wanted to kill, is alive. Tybalt, who wanted to kill my husband, is dead. All this is comforting news. Why, then, should I cry? There is news worse than the news that Tybalt is dead. News that makes me want to die. I would be glad to forget about it, but it weighs on my memory like sins linger in guilty minds. Tybalt is dead, and Romeo has been banished. That banishment is worse than the murder of... Ten thousand Tybalt's. Tybalt's death would be bad enough if that was all. Maybe pain likes to have company and can't come without bringing more pain. It would have been better if, after she said Tybalt's dead, she told me my mother or my father or both were gone. That would have made me make the normal cries of sadness, but to say that Tybalt's dead and then say Romeo has been banished... To say that is like saying that my father, my mother, Tybalt, Romeo, and Juliet have all been killed. They're all dead. Romeo has been banished. That news brings infinite death. No words can express the pain. Where are my father and my mother, nurse? They are crying and moaning over Tybalt's corpse. Are you going to join them? I'll bring you there. Are they washing out his wounds with their tears? I'll cry my tears for Romeo's banishment when their tears are dry. Pick up this rope ladder. This poor rope ladder. It's useless now, just like me, because Romeo has been exiled. He made this rope ladder to be a highway to my bed, but I'm a virgin. 
and I will die a virgin and a widow. Let's go, rope ladder. Nurse, I'm going to lie in my wedding bed, and death, not Romeo, can take my virginity. Go to your bedroom. I'll find Romeo to comfort you. I know where he is. Listen, your Romeo will be here tonight. I'll go to him. He's hiding out in Friar Lawrence's cell. Oh, find him. Give this ring to my true knight, and tell him to come here to say his last goodbye. Things have turned out so unluckily, sir, that we haven't had time to convince our daughter to marry you. Listen, she loved her cousin Tybalt dearly, and so did I. Well, we were all born to die. It's very late. She won't be coming downstairs tonight. Believe me, if you weren't here visiting me, I myself would have gone to bed an hour ago. These times of pain are bad times for romance. Madame, good night. Give my regards to your daughter. I will, and I'll find out what she thinks about marriage early tomorrow. Tonight she's shut up in her room alone with her sadness. Sir Paris, I'll make a desperate argument for my child's love. I think she'll do whatever I say. No, I think she'll do all that and more. I have no doubt about it. Wife, visit her in her room before you go to bed. Tell her about my son Paris's love for her, and tell her. Listen to me. On Wednesday, wait. What day is today? Monday, my lord. Monday? Ha! <laughs> well, Wednesday is too soon. Let it be on Thursday. On Thursday, tell her she'll be married to this noble earl. Will you be ready? Do you think it's a good idea to rush? We shouldn't have too big a celebration. We can invite a friend or two. Listen, because Tybalt was just killed, people might think that we don't care about his memory as our relative if we have too grand a party. Therefore, we'll have about half a dozen friends to the wedding, and that's it. What do you think about Thursday? My lord, I wish Thursday were tomorrow. Well, go on home. Thursday it is then. Visit Juliet before you go to bed. Get her ready, my wife, for this wedding day. Farewell, my lord. Now I'm off to bed. Oh my, it's so late that we might as well call it early. Good night. Are you going? It's still a long time before daybreak. Don't be afraid. That sound you heard was the nightingale, not the lark. Every night the nightingale chirps on that pomegranate tree. Believe me, my love, it was the nightingale. It was the lark, the bird that sings at dawn, not the nightingale. Look, my love, what are those streaks of light in the clouds parting in the east? Night is over and day is coming. If I want to live, I must go. If I stay, I'll die. That light is not daylight. I know it. It's some meteor coming out of the sun to light your way to Mantua. So stay for a while. You don't have to go yet. Let me be captured. Let me be put to death. I am content if that's the way you want it. I'll say the light over there isn't morning. I'll say it's the reflection of the moon. I'll say that sound isn't the lark ringing in the sky. I want to stay more than I want to go. Come, death and welcome. Juliet wants it this way. How are you, my love? Let's talk. It's not daylight. It is. It is. Get out of here. Be gone. Go away. 
It's the lark that sings so out of tune, making such harsh noise. Some say the lark makes a sweet division between day and night. It's not true, because she separates us. Some say the lark traded its eyes with the toad. Oh, now I wish they had traded voices, too. Because the lark's voice tears us out of each other's arms, and now there will be men hunting for you. Oh, go away now. I see more and more light. More and more light. More and more pain for us. Madam? Nurse? Your mother is coming to your bedroom. Day has broken. Be careful. Watch out. Then the window lets day in, and life goes out the window. Farewell. Farewell. Give me one kiss, and I'll go down. Are you gone like that, my love? My lord? Yes, my husband. My friend. I must hear from you every day in the hour. In a minute there are many days. Oh, by this count I'll be many years older before I see my Romeo again. Farewell. I won't miss any chance to send my love to you. Oh, do you think we'll ever meet again? I have no doubts. All these troubles will give us stories to tell each other later in life. Oh, God, I have a soul that predicts evil things. Now that you are down there, you look like someone dead in the bottom of a tomb. Either my eyesight is failing me or you look pale. And trust me, love, you look pale to me too. Sadness takes away our color. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, luck, luck. Everyone says you can't make up your mind. If you change your mind so much, what are you going to do to Romeo, who's so faithful? Change your mind, Luck. I hope maybe you'll send him back home soon. Hey, daughter! Are you awake? Who's that calling? Is it my mother? Isn't she up very late? Or is she up very early? What strange reason could she have for coming here? What's going on, Juliet? Madam, I am not well. Will you cry about your cousin's death forever? Are you trying to wash him out of his grave with tears? If you could, you couldn't bring him back to life. So stop crying. A little bit of grief shows a lot of love. But too much grief makes you look stupid. Let me keep weeping for such a great loss. You will feel the loss. But the man you weep for will feel nothing. Feeling the loss like this, I can't help but weep for him forever. Well, girl... You're weeping not for his death as much as for the fact that the villain who killed him is still alive. What villain, madam? That villain, Romeo! He's far from being a villain. May God pardon him. I, I do, with all my heart. And yet no man could make my heart grieve like he does. That's because the murderer is alive. Yes, madam, he lies beyond my reach. I wish that no one could avenge my cousin's death except me. We'll have revenge for it. Don't worry about that. Stop crying. I'll send a man to Mantua where that exiled rogue is living. Our man will poison Romeo's drink, and Romeo will join Tybalt in death. And then I hope you'll be satisfied. I'll never be satisfied with Romeo until I see him... Dead. Dead is how my poor heart feels when I think about my poor cousin. Madam, if you can find a man to deliver the poison, I'll mix it myself, so that Romeo will sleep quietly soon after he drinks it. Oh, how I hate to hear people say his name and not be able to go after him. 
I want to take the love I had for my cousin and take it out on the body of the man who killed him. Find out the way, and I'll find the right man. But now I have joyful news for you, girl. And it's good to have joy in such a joyless time. What's the news? Please tell me. Well, well, you have a careful father, child. He has arranged a sudden day of joy to end your sadness. A day that you did not expect and that I did not seek out. Madam, tell me quickly, what day is that? Indeed, my child. At St. Peter's Church, early Thursday morning, the gallant, young and noble gentleman, Count Paris, will happily make you a joyful bride. Now, I swear by St. Peter's Church, and Peter too, he will not make me a joyful bride there. This is a strange rush. How can I marry him, this husband, before he comes to court me? Please, tell my father, madam, I won't marry yet. And when I do marry, I swear, it, it will be Romeo, whom you know I hate, rather than Paris. That's really news. Here comes your father. Tell him so yourself, and see how he takes the news. When the sun sets, the air drizzles dew. But at the death of my brother's son, it rains a downpour. What are you, girl? Some kind of fountain? Why are you still crying? Will you cry forever? In one little body you seem like a ship, the sea, and the winds. Your eyes, which I call the sea, flow with tears. The ship is your body, which is sailing on the salt flood of your tears. The winds are your sighs. Your sighs and your tears are raging. Unless you calm down, tears and sighs will overwhelm your body and sink your ship. So where do things stand, wife? Have you told her our decision? Yes, sir, I told her, but she won't agree. She says thank you, but refuses. I wish the fool were dead and married to her grave. Wait. Hold on, wife. I, I don't understand. How can this be? She refuses. Isn't she grateful? Isn't she proud of such a match? Doesn't she realize what a blessing this is? Doesn't she realize how unworthy she is of the gentleman we have found to be her bridegroom? I am not proud of what you found for me. But I am thankful that you have found it. I can never be proud of what I hate, but I can be thankful for something I hate if it was meant with love. What is this? What is this fuzzy logic? What is this? I hear you say proud and I thank you, and then no thank you and not proud, you spoiled little girl. You're not really giving me any thanks or showing me any pride. But get yourself ready for Thursday. You're going to St. Peter's Church to marry Paris. And if you don't go on your own, I'll drag you there. You disgust me, you little bug. You worthless girl, you pale face. Shame on you. What? Are you crazy? Good father, I'm begging you on my knees. Be patient and listen to me say just one thing. Forget about you, you worthless girl. You disobedient wretch. I'll tell you what. Go to church on Thursday or never look me in the face again. Don't say anything. Don't reply. Don't talk back to me. I feel like slapping you. Wife, we never thought ourselves blessed that God only gave us this one child. But now I see that this one is one too many. We were cursed when we had her. She disgusts me, the little hussy. God in heaven, bless her. 
My lord, you're wrong to berate her like that. And why, wise lady? You shut up, old woman. Go blabber with your gossiping friends. I've said nothing wrong. Oh, for God's sake. Can't I say something? Be quiet, you mumbling fool. Say your serious things at lunch with your gossiping friends. We don't need to hear it. You're getting too angry. Damn it! It makes me mad. Day and night, hour after hour, all the time at work, at play, alone, in company, my top priority has always been to find her a husband. Now, I've provided a husband from a noble family who is good-looking, young, well-educated. He's full of good qualities. He's the man of any girl's dreams. But this wretched, whimpering fool, like a whining puppet, she looks at this good fortune and answers, I won't get married. I can't fall in love. I'm too young. Please excuse me. Well, if you won't get married, I'll excuse you. Eat wherever you want, but you can no longer live under my roof. Consider that. Think about it. I'm not in the habit of joking. Thursday is coming. Put your hand on your heart and listen to my advice. If you act like my daughter, I'll marry you to my friend. If you don't act like my daughter, you can beg, starve, and die in the streets. I swear on my soul, I will never take you back or do anything for you. Believe me. Think about it. I won't break this promise. Is there no pity in the sky that can see my sadness? Oh, my sweet mother, don't throw me out. Delay this marriage for a month or a week, or if you don't delay, make my wedding bed in the tomb where Tybalt lies. Don't talk to me, because I won't say a word. Do as you please, because I'm done worrying about you. Oh, God! Oh, nurse, how can this be stopped? My husband is alive on earth. My vows of marriage are in heaven. How can I bring these promises back down to earth unless my husband sends them back down to me by dying and going to heaven? Give me comfort. Give me advice. Oh no, oh no. Why does heaven play tricks on someone as weak as me? What do you say? Don't you have one word of joy? Give me some comfort, nurse. This is what I have to say. Romeo has been banished, and it's a sure thing that he will never come back to challenge you. If he does come back... He'll have to sneak back under cover. Then, since things are the way they are, I think the best thing to do is to marry the Count. Oh, he's a lovely gentleman. Romeo's a dishcloth compared to him. Madam, an eagle does not have eyes as green, as quick and as fair as the eyes of Paris. Curse my very heart, but I think you should be happy in this second marriage, because it's better than your first. Even if it's not better, your first marriage is over. Or if Romeo is as good as Paris, Romeo doesn't live here, so you don't get to enjoy him. Are you speaking from your heart? I speak from my heart and from my soul, too. If not, curse them both. Amen. What? Oh, you have given me great comfort. Go inside and tell my mother that I'm gone. I made my father angry, so I went to... Friar Lawrence's cell to confess and be forgiven. All right, I will. This is a good idea. That damned old lady. Oh, that most wicked fiend. Is it a worse sin for her to want me to break my vows or for her to say bad things about my husband after she praised him so many times before? Away with you and your advice, nurse. 
From now on, I will never tell you what I feel in my heart. I'm going to the friar to find out his solution. If everything else fails, at least I have the power to take my own life. On Thursday, sir? That's very soon. That's how my future father-in-law Capulet wants it. And I'm not dragging my feet. You say you don't know what the girl thinks. That's a rocky road to be riding. I don't like it. She's grieving too much over the death of Tybalt, so I haven't had the chance to talk to her about love. Romantic love doesn't happen when people are in mourning. Now, sir, her father thinks it's dangerous that she allows herself to become so sad. He's being smart by rushing our marriage to stop her from crying. She cries too much by herself. If she had someone to be with her, she would stop crying. Now you know the reason for the rush. I wish I didn't know the reason why the marriage should be slowed down. Look, sir, here comes the lady walking toward my cell. I'm happy to meet you, my lady and my wife. That might be the case, sir, after I'm married. That maybe must be love on Thursday. If I answered that question, I'd be making confession to you. Don't deny to him that you love me. I'll confess to you that I love him. You will also confess, I'm sure, that you love me. If I do so, it will mean more if I say it behind your back than if I say it to your face. You poor soul. Your face has suffered many tears. The tears haven't done much, because my face looked bad enough before I started to cry. You are treating your face even worse by saying that. What I say isn't slander, sir. It's the truth. And what I said, I said to my face. Your face is mine. And you have slandered it. That may be the case, because my face doesn't belong to me. Do you have time for me now, Father, or should I come to you at evening Mass? I have time for you now, my sad daughter. My lord, we must ask you to leave us alone. God forbid that I should prevent sacred devotion. Juliet, I will wake you early on Thursday. Until then, goodbye, and keep this holy kiss. Oh, shut the door, and after you shut it, come over here and weep with me. This mess is beyond hope, beyond cure, beyond help. Oh, Juliet, I already know about your sad situation. It's a problem too hard for me to solve. I hear that you must marry this Count on Thursday, and that nothing can delay it. Don't tell me you've heard about this marriage fire unless you can tell me how to prevent it. If you, who are so wise, can't help, please be kind enough to call my solution wise. And I'll solve the problem now with this knife. God joined my heart to Romeo's. You joined our hands. And before I, who's married to Romeo by you, am married to another man, I'll kill myself. You are wise and you have so much experience. Give me some advice about the current situation. Or watch. Caught between these two difficulties, I'll act like a judge with my bloody knife. I will truly and honorably resolve the situation that you can't fix, despite your experience and education. Don't wait long to speak. I want to die if what you say isn't another solution. Hold on, daughter. I see some hope. But we must act boldly because the situation is so desperate. If you've made up your mind to kill yourself instead of marrying Count Paris, then you'll probably be willing to try something like death to solve this shameful problem. You can wrestle with death to escape from shame. And if you dare to do it, I'll give you the solution. 
Oh, you can tell me to jump off the battle posts of any tower, or to walk down the crime-ridden streets of a slum, or tell me to sit in a field full of poisonous snakes, chain me up with wild bears, hide me in every night in a morgue full of dead bodies with wet, smelly flesh and skulls without jawbones, or tell me to climb down into a freshly dug grave and hide me with a dead man in his tomb. All those ideas make me tremble when I hear them named. But I will do them without fear or dread in order to be a pure wife to my sweet love. Hold on, then. Go home, be cheerful, and tell them you agree to marry Paris. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Tomorrow night, make sure that you are alone. Don't let the nurse stay with you in your bedroom. When you're in bed, take this vial, mix its contents with liquor, and drink. Then a cold, sleep-inducing drug will run through your veins, and your pulse will stop. Your flesh will be cold, and you'll stop breathing. The red in your lips and your cheeks will turn pale, and your eyes will shut. It will seem like you're dead. You won't be able to move, and your body will be stiff like a corpse. You'll remain in this death-like state for 42 hours, and then you'll wake up as if from a pleasant sleep. Now, when the bridegroom comes to get you out of bed on Thursday morning, you'll seem dead. Then, as tradition demands, you'll be dressed up in your best clothes, put in an open coffin, and carried to the Capulet family tomb. Meanwhile, I'll send Romeo word of our plan. He'll come here, and we'll keep a watch for when you wake up. That night, Romeo will take you away to Mantua. This plan will free you from the shameful situation that troubles you now, as long as you don't change your mind or become scared like a silly woman and ruin your brave effort. Give me the vial. Give it to me. Don't talk to me about fear. Now go along on your way. Be strong and successful in this decision. I'll send a friar quickly to Mantua with my letter for Romeo. Love will give me strength and strength will help me accomplish this plan. Goodbye, dear father. Invite all the guests on this list. Boy, go hire twenty skilled cooks. You won't get any bad cooks from me. I'll test them by making them lick their fingers. How can you test them like that? Easy, sir. It's a bad cook who can't lick his own fingers, so the cooks who can't lick their fingers aren't hired. Ugh, go, get out of here. We're unprepared for this wedding celebration. What? Has my daughter gone to see Friar Lawrence? Yes, that's true. Well, there's a chance he may do her some good. She's a stubborn little brat. Look, she's come home from confession with a happy look on her face. So, my headstrong daughter, where have you been? I went somewhere where I learned that being disobedient to my father is a sin. Holy Father Lawrence instructed me to fall on my knees and beg your forgiveness. Forgive me, I beg you. From now on, I'll do whatever you say. Send for the Count. Go, tell him about this. I'll make this wedding happen tomorrow morning. I met the young man at Lawrence's cell. I treated him with proper love as well as I could while still being modest. Well, I'm glad about this. This is good. Stand up. This is the way it should be. I want to see that Count. Yes, all right, go, I say, and bring him here. Now, before God... Our whole city owes this friar a great debt. Nurse, will you come with me to my closet and help me pick out the clothes and the jewelry I'll need to wear tomorrow? No, not until Thursday. There's plenty of time. Go, nurse, go with her. We'll have the wedding at the church tomorrow. Our supplies will be short for the party. It's already almost night. Don't worry, I will set things in motion. And everything will be all right, I promise you, wife.
You should go to Juliet and dress her up. I'm not going to bed tonight. Leave me alone. I'll pretend to be the housewife for once. Hey, what? They're all gone. Well, I will walk by myself to Count Paris to get him ready for tomorrow. My heart is wonderfully happy because this troubled girl has been taken back and now will be married. Yes, those are the best clothes. But, gentle nurse, please leave me alone tonight. I have to say a lot of prayers to make the heavens bless me. You know that my life is troubled and full of sin. What? Are you busy? Do you need my help? No, madam. We figured out the best things for me to wear tomorrow at the ceremony. So, if it's okay with you, I'd like to be left alone now. Let the nurse sit up with you tonight. I'm sure you have your hands full preparing for the sudden festivities. Good night. Go to bed and get some rest. I'm sure you need it. Goodbye. Only God knows when we'll meet again. There's a slight cold fear cutting through my veins. It almost freezes the heat of life. I'll call them back here to comfort me. Nurse! Oh, what good would she do here? In my desperate situation, I have to act alone. All right. Here's the vial. What if this mixture doesn't work at all? Will I be married tomorrow morning? No, no. This knife will stop it. Lie down right there. What if the friar makes the potion to kill me? Is he worried that he will be disgraced if I marry Paris after he married me to Romeo? I'm afraid that it's poison. And yet, it shouldn't be poisoned, because he is a trustworthy, holy man. What if, when I am put in the tomb, I wake up before Romeo comes to save me? That's a frightening idea. Won't I suffocate in the tomb? There's no healthy air to breathe in there. Will I die of suffocation before Romeo comes? Or if I live, I'll be surrounded by death and darkness. It will be terrible. There will be bones hundreds of years old in that tomb, my ancestors' bones. Tybalt's body will be in there, freshly entombed, and his corpse will be rotting. They say that during the night, the spirits are in tombs. Oh no, oh no! I'll wake up and smell awful odors. I'll hear screams that would drive people crazy. If I wake up too early, won't I go insane with all these horrible, frightening things around me? Start playing with my ancestor's bones and pull Tybalt's corpse out of his death shroud? Will I grab one of my dead ancestor's bones and bash in my own skull? Oh, look! I think I see my cousin Tybalt's ghost. He's looking for Romeo, because Romeo killed him with his sword. Wait, Tybalt, wait! Romeo! 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 Here's a drink. I drink to you. Wait! Take these keys and get more spices, nurse. They're calling for dates and quinces in the pastry kitchen. Come on, wake up, wake up, wake up! The second cock crowed. The curfew bell rang. It's three o'clock. Go get the baked meats, good Angelica. Don't worry about the cost. Go, you old housewife, go. Go to bed. You'll be sick tomorrow because you've stayed up all night. No, not at all. What? I've stayed up all night many times before for less important matters, and I've never gotten sick. Yes. You've been a ladies' man in your time. But I'll make sure you don't stay up any later now. 
A jealous woman. A jealous woman. Now, fellow, what have you got there? Things for the cook, sir. But I don't know where they are. Hurry up. Hurry up. You, fetch logs that are drier than these. Call Peter. He'll show you where they are. I'm smart enough to find the logs myself without bothering Peter. Right, and well said. <laughs> That guy's funny. He's got a head full of logs. Goodness, it's daylight. The Count will be here soon with music. At least he said he would. I hear him coming near. Nurse! Wife! What? Hey, nurse! Go wake Juliet. Go and get her dressed. I'll go and chat with Paris. Hey, hurry up, hurry up! The bridegroom is already here. Hurry up, I say! Mistress? Hey, mistress? Juliet? I bet she's fast asleep. Hey, lamb? Hey, lady? Hey, you lazy bones! Hey, love, I say! Madam? Sweetheart? Hey, bride? What, you don't say a word? You take your beauty sleep now. Get yourself a week's worth of sleep. Tomorrow night, I bet, Count Paris won't let you get much rest. Oh, God, forgive me. All right, and amen. How sound asleep she is. I must wake her up. Madam. Madam. Madam! Yes, let the Count take you in your bed. He'll wake you up, I bet, won't he? What? You're still dressed in all your clothes. But you're still asleep. I must wake you up. Lady? 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 Oh, no. Oh, no! Help! Help! My lady's dead! Oh, curse the day that I was born! Oh! Get me some brandy! My lord! My lady! What's all the noise in here? Oh, sad day. What is the matter? Look, look, oh, what a sad day. Oh, my, oh, my, my child, my reason for living. Wake up, look up, or I'll die with you. Help, help, call for help. For shame, bring Juliet out here. Her bridegroom is here. She's dead. Deceased, she's dead. Curse the day. Curse the day. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. No, let me see her. Oh, no. She's cold. Her blood is stopped and her, her joints are stiff. She's been dead for some time. She's dead, like a beautiful flower, killed by an unseasonable frost. Oh, sad day. Death, which has taken her away to make me cry, now ties up my tongue and won't let me speak. Come, is the bride ready to go to church? She's ready to go, but she'll never return. Oh, son, on the night before your wedding day, death has taken your wife. There she lies. She was a flower, but death deflowered her. Death is my son-in-law. Death is my heir. My daughter married death. I will die and leave death everything. Life, wealth, everything belongs to death. Have I waited so long to see this morning? 
only to see this. A cursed, unhappy, wretched, hateful day! This is the most miserable hour of all time! I only had one child. One poor child! One poor and loving child! The one thing I had to rejoice and comfort myself! And cruel death has stolen it from me! Oh, pain! Oh, painful, painful, painful day! The saddest day, most painful day that I ever, ever did behold! Oh, day! Oh, day! Oh, day! Oh, hateful day! There has never been so black a day as today! Oh, painful day! Oh, painful day! She was tricked, divorced, wronged, spited, killed. Death, the most despicable thing, tricked her. Cruel, cruel death killed her. Oh, love, oh, life. There is no life, but my love is dead. Despised, distressed, hated, martyred, killed. Why did this have to happen now? Why did death have to ruin our wedding? Oh, child, oh, child. My soul and not my child. You are dead. Oh, no. My child is dead. My child will be buried and so will my joys. Be quiet for shame. The cure for confusion is not yelling and screaming. You had this child with the help of heaven. Now heaven has her. She is in a better place. You could not prevent her from dying someday, but heaven will give her eternal life. The most you could hope for was for her to marry wealthy and rise up the social ladder. That was your idea of heaven. And now you cry, even though she has risen up above the clouds, as high as heaven itself. Oh, in this love, you love your child so badly that you go mad, even though she is in heaven. It is best to marry well and die young, better than to be married for a long time. Dry up your tears and put your rosemary on this beautiful corpse, and, in accordance with custom, carry her to the church in her best clothes. It's natural for us to shed tears for her, but the truth is we should be happy for her. All the things that we prepared for the wedding party will now be used for the funeral. Our happy music will now be sad. Our wedding banquet will become a sad burial feast. Our celebratory hymns will change to sad funeral marches. Our bridal flowers will cover a buried corpse. And everything will be used for the opposite purpose from what we intended. Sir, you go in, and madam, go with him, and you go too, Sir Paris. Everyone prepare to take this beautiful corpse to her grave. The heavens hang threateningly over you for some past sin. Don't disturb the heavens any more by trying to go against heaven's will. Well, we can put away our pipes and go home. Honest good boys, put them away, put them away, as you know this is a sad case. Yes, well, things could get better. Musicians, oh, musicians, play heart's ease, heart's ease. Oh, I'll die if you don't play heart's ease. Why heart's ease? Oh, musicians, because my heart is singing, my heart is full of woe. Oh, play me some happy, sad song to comfort me. No, not a sad song. 
It's not the right time to play. You won't then? No. Then I'll really give it to you. What will you give us? No money, I swear. But I'll play a trick on you. I'll call you a minstrel. Then I'll call you a serving creature. Then I'll smack you on the head with the serving creature's knife. I won't mess around. I'll make you sing. Do you hear me? If you make us sing, you'll hear us. Please, put down your knife and stop kidding around. So you don't like my kidding around. I'll kid you to death, and then I'll put down my knife. Answer me like men. When sadness wounds your heart, and pain takes over your mind, then music with her silver sound. Why the line silver sound? What do they mean, music with her silver sound? What do you say, Simon Kepling? Well, sir, because silver has a sweet sound. That's a stupid answer. What do you say? Hugh Rebecca, I say silver sound because musicians play to earn silver. Another stupid answer. What do you say, James Soundpost? Well, I don't know what to say. Oh, I beg your pardon. You're the singer. I'll answer for you. Oh, I beg your pardon. You're the singer. I'll answer for you. It is. Music with her silver sound, because musicians have no gold to use to make sounds. And music with her silver sound makes you feel just fine. What an annoying man this guy is! Forget about him, Jack. Come, we'll go in there. We'll wait for the mourners and stay for dinner. If I can trust my dreams. Then some joyful news is coming soon. Love rules my heart, and all day long a strange feeling has been making me cheerful. I had a dream that my lady came and found me dead. It's a strange dream that lets a dead man think. She came and brought me back to life by kissing my lips. I rose from the dead and was an emperor. Oh my, how sweet it would be to actually have the woman I love when merely thinking about love makes me so happy. Do you have news from Verona? What is it, Balthazar? Do you bring me a letter from the friar? How is my wife? Is my father well? How is my Juliet? I ask that again because nothing can be wrong if she is well. Then she is well, and nothing is wrong. Her body sleeps in the Capulet tomb, and her mortal soul lives with the angels in heaven. I saw her buried in her family's tomb. And then I came here to tell you the news. Oh, pardon me for bringing this bad news, but you told me it was my job, sir. Is it really true? <laughs> then I rebel against you, stars. You know where I live. Get me some ink and paper, and hire some horses to ride. I will leave here for Verona tonight. Please, sir, have patience. You look pale and wild, as if you're going to hurt yourself. You're wrong. Leave me and do what I told you to do. Don't you have a letter for me from the friar? No, my good lord. No matter. Get on your way and hire those horses. I'll be with you right away. Well, Juliet, I'll lie with you tonight. <laughs> Let's see how. 
self-destructive thoughts come quickly to the minds of desperate men. I remember a pharmacist who lives nearby. I remember he wears shabby clothes and has bushy eyebrows. He makes drugs from herbs. He looks poor and miserable and worn out to the bone. He had a tortoise shell hanging up in his shop, as well as a stuffed alligator and other skins of strange fish. There were a few empty boxes on his shelves, as well as green clay pots and some musty seeds. There were a few strands of string and mashed rose petals on display. Noticing all this poverty, I said to myself, if a man needed some poison, which they would immediately kill you for selling in Mantua, here is a miserable wretch who'd sell it to him. Oh, this idea came before I needed the poison. But this same poor man must sell it to me. As I remember, this should be the house. Ah, today's a holiday, so the beggar's shop is shut. Hey, pharmacist! I have lethal poisons like that, but it's against the law to sell them in Mantua, and the penalty is death. You're this poor and wretched and still afraid to die? Your cheeks are thin because of hunger. I can see in your eyes that you're starving. Anyone can see that you're a beggar. The world is not your friend, and neither is the law. The world doesn't make laws to make you rich, so don't be poor. Break the law and take this money. I agree because I'm poor, not because I want to. I pay you because you're poor, not because you want me to buy this. Put this in any kind of liquid you want and drink it down. Even if you were as strong as twenty men, it would kill you immediately. There is your gold. Money is a worse poison to men's souls and commits more murders in this awful world than these poor poisons that you're not allowed to sell. I've sold you poison. You haven't sold me any. Goodbye. Buy yourself food and put some flesh on your bones. I'll take this mixture, which is a medicine, not a poison, to Juliet's grave. That's where I must use it. Holy Franciscan Friar! Brother! Hey! That sounds like the voice of Friar John! Welcome back from Mantua! What does Romeo say? Or, if he wrote down his thoughts, give me his letter. I went to find another poor friar from our order to accompany me. He was here in this city visiting the sick. When I found him, the town health officials suspected that we were both in a house that had been hit with the plague. They quarantined the house, sealed up the doors, and refused to let us out. I couldn't go to Mantua because I was stuck there. Then who took my letter to Romeo? I couldn't send it. Here it is. I couldn't get a messenger to bring it to you either, because they were scared of spreading the infection. Unhappy fortune! By my brotherhood, the letter was not just a nice greeting. It was full of very important information. It's very dangerous that it hasn't been sent. Friar John, go and get me an iron crowbar. Bring it straight back to my cell. Brother, I'll go and bring it to you. Now I must go to the tomb alone. Within three hours, Juliet will wake up. She'll be very angry with me that Romeo doesn't know what happened. But I'll write again to Mantua, and I'll keep her in my cell until Romeo comes. That poor living corpse. She's shut inside a dead man's tomb. Give me your torch, boy. Go away and stay apart from me. Put the torch out so I can't be seen. Hide under the yew trees over there. Listen to make sure no one is coming through the graveyard. If you hear anyone, whistle to me to signal that someone is approaching. Give me those flowers. Do as I tell you. Go. I am almost afraid to stand alone here, in the graveyard, but I'll take the risk. Sweet flower, I'm spreading flowers over your bridal bed. 
Oh, pain! Your canopy is dust and stones. I'll water these flowers every night with sweet water. Or, if I don't do that, my nightly rituals to remember you will be put flowers on your grave and weep. The boy is warning me that someone approaches. Who could be walking around here tonight? Who's ruining my rituals of true love? It's someone with a torch. I must hide in the darkness for a while. Give me that pickaxe and the crowbar. Here, take this letter. Early in the morning, deliver it to my father. Give me the light. Swear on your life, I command you. Whatever you hear or see, stay away from me and do not interrupt me in my plan. I'm going down into this tomb of the dead, partly to behold my wife's face. (laughs) But my main reason is to take a precious ring from her dead finger. I must use that ring for an important purpose. So go on your way. But if you get curious and return to spy on me, I swear I'll tear you apart limb by limb and spread your body parts around to feed the hungry animals in the graveyard. My plan is wild and savage. I am more fierce in this endeavor than a hungry tiger or the raging sea. I'll go, sir. And I won't bother you. That's the way to show me friendship. Take this. Live and be prosperous. Farewell, good fellow. Despite what I said, I'll hide nearby. I'm frightened by the look on his face, and I have doubts about his intentions. You horrible mouth of death. You've eaten up the dearest creature on earth. Now I'm going to force open your rotten jaws and make you eat another body. It's that arrogant Montague, the one who's been banished. He's the one who murdered my love's cousin, Tybalt. They think she died with grief for that cousin. This guy has come here to commit awful crimes against the dead bodies. I'll catch him. Stop your evil work, vile Montague. Can you take revenge on dead bodies? Condemned villain, I've caught you. Obey and come with me. You must die. I must indeed. That's why I came here. Good and noble young man. Don't mess with someone who's desperate. Get away from here and leave me. Think about the ones who have died. Let them put fear in your heart. Please, young man, don't make me angry. I don't want to commit another crime. Don't go away. I swear I love you more than I love myself, for I've come here with weapons to use against myself. Don't stay here. Go away. Live and from now on say a madman mercifully told you to run away. I refuse your request. I'm arresting you as a criminal. Are you going to provoke me? All right. Let's fight, boy. Oh, Lord. They fight. I'll go hold the watch. Oh, I've been killed. If you are merciful, open the tomb and lay me next to Juliet. All right, I will. Let me look at this face. It's Mercutio's relative, noble Count Paris. What did my man say? I was worried, so I wasn't listening to him while we were riding. I think he told me Paris was about to marry Juliet. Isn't that what he said? Or was I dreaming? Or am I crazy? Did I hear him say something about Juliet and jump to conclusions? Oh, give me your hand. Both of us have had such bad luck. I'll bury you in a magnificent grave. A grave? Oh no, this is a lantern, dead Paris. Juliet lies here, and her beauty fills this tomb with light. Dead men lie there. You are being buried by another dead man. How often are men happy right before they die? 
They call it the lightness before death. Oh, how can I call this lightness? Oh, my love. My wife. Death has sucked the honey from your breath, but it has not yet ruined your beauty. You haven't been conquered. There is still red in your lips and in your cheeks. Death has not yet turned them pale. Tybalt, are you lying there in your bloody death shroud? Oh, what better favor can I do for you than to kill the man who killed you with the same hand that made you die young? Forgive me, cousin. Oh, dear Juliet, why are you still so beautiful? Should I believe that death is in love with you and that the awful monster keeps you here to be his mistress? I don't like that idea. So I'll stay with you. And I will never leave this tomb. Here. Here I'll remain with worms that are your chambermates. Oh, I'll rest here forever. I'll forget about all the bad luck that has troubled me. Eyes look out for the last time. Arms make your last embrace. And lips, you are the doors of breath. Seal with a righteous kiss the deal I have made with death forever. Come, bitter poison, come, unsavory guide. You desperate pilot, let's crash this sea-weary ship into the rocks. Here's to my love. <coughs> oh, <coughs> that pharmacist was honest. His drugs work quickly. So, I die with a kiss. St. Francis, help me! How often tonight have my old feet stumbled on gravestones? Who's there? I'm a friend. A friend who knows you well. God bless you. Tell me, my good friend, what is that light over there? The one that vainly lights up the darkness for worms and skulls without eyes. It looks to me like it's burning in the Capulet tomb. That is where it's burning, father. My master is there. The one you love. Who is it? Romeo. How long has he been there? For a full half hour. Go with me to the tomb. I don't dare, sir. My master doesn't know I'm still here. He threatened me with death if I stayed to look at what he was doing. Stay then. I'll go alone. I'm suddenly afraid. Oh, I'm very scared something awful has happened. As I slept under his yew-tree here, I had a dream that my master and someone else were fighting, and that my master killed him. Oh, no! What is this blood that stains the stony entrance of this tomb? Why are these bloody swords lying here, abandoned by their masters, next to this place of peace? <gasps> Romeo! Oh, he's pale. Who else? What, Paris too? And he's covered in blood? Ah, when did these horrible things happen? The lady's moving. Oh, friendly friar. Where is my husband? I remember very well where I should be, and here I am. Where is my Romeo? I hear some noise. Lady, come out of the tomb. A greater power than we can fight has ruined our plan. Come, come away. Your husband lies dead there, and Paris too. Come, I'll place you among the sisterhood of holy nuns. Don't wait to ask questions. The watch is coming. Come, let's go, good Juliet. I don't dare stay any longer. Go. Get out of here. I'm not going anywhere. What's this here? It's a cup. Closed in my true love's hand. Poison, I see, has been the cause of his death. How rude! 
He drank it all and didn't leave any to help me afterward. I will kiss your lips. Perhaps there's still some poison on them to make me die with a medicinal kiss. Your lips are warm. Lead, boy. Which way? Oh, noise. Then I'll be quick. Oh, good. A knife. My body will be your sheath. Rest inside my body and let me die. This is the place. There, where the torch is burning. The ground is bloody. Search the graveyard. Go. Some of you arrest whoever you find. This is a pitiful sight. The Count is dead. Juliet is bleeding. Her body is warm. And she seems to have been dead only a short time, even though she has been buried for two days. Go. Tell the Prince. Run to the Capulets. Wake up the Montagues. Have some others search. We see the cause of all this pain. But we'll have to investigate to discover the whole story. Here's Romeo's man. We found him in the churchyard. Hold him in custody until the prince gets here. Here is a friar who's trembling, sighing and weeping. We took this pickaxe and the shovel from him as he was walking from this side of the graveyard. Very suspicious. Hold the friar too. What crimes happen so early in the morning that I have to wake up before the usual time? What's the problem that they cry out so loud? Some people in the street are crying Romeo. Some are crying Juliet. And some are crying Paris. They're all running in an open riot toward our tomb. What's this awful thing that everyone's crying about? Prince, here lies Count Paris killed. Then Romeo, dead. Then Juliet. She was dead before, but now she's warm and hasn't been dead for long. Investigate how this foul murder came about. Here is a friar. And dead Romeo's man. They've got tools on them. Tools they could use to open these tombs. Oh, heavens. Oh, wife, look at how her daughter bleeds. That knife should be in its sheath on that Montague's back. But instead it's missheathed in my daughter's breast. Oh, my. The sight of death is like a bell that warns me I'm old and I'll die soon. Come, Montague. You're up early to see your son down early. Oh, my liege. My wife died tonight. Sadness over my son's exile stopped her breath. What further pain must I endure in my old age? Look, and you will see. Oh, you undisciplined boy. Where are your manners? It's not right for a son to push past his father on his way to the grave. Be quiet and hold back your remarks of outrage until we clear up these questions. We want to know how it started and what really happened. And then, I'll be the leader of pain, and maybe I'll lead you as far as death. In the meantime, hold on and be patient. Bring forth the men under suspicion. I am the greatest, but I was able to do the least. I am under the most suspicion because I was here at the time of this awful murder. And here I stand. You can question me and punish me. I have already condemned and excused myself. Tell us what you know about this affair. I will be brief because I'm not going to live long enough to tell a boring story. Romeo, who lies there dead, was the husband of that Juliet, and she who lies there dead was that Romeo's faithful wife. 
I married them. Their secret wedding day was the day Tybalt died. His untimely death caused the bridegroom to be banished from the city. Juliet was sad because Romeo was gone, not because of Tybalt's death. To cure her sadness, you arranged a marriage for her with Count Paris. Then she came to me, and, looking wild, she asked me to devise a plan to get her out of this second marriage. She threatened to kill herself in my cell if I didn't help her. So I gave her a sleeping potion that I had mixed with my special skills. It worked as planned. She seemed to everyone to be dead. In the meantime, I wrote to Romeo and told him to come here on this awful night to remove her from her temporary grave when the sleeping potion wore off. But the man who carried my letter, Friar John, was held up by an accident. Last night he gave me the letter back, so I came here alone at the hour when she was supposed to wake up. I came to take her out of her family's tomb, hoping to hide her in my cell until I could make contact with Romeo. But by the time I got here, just a few minutes before Juliet woke up, Paris and Romeo were already dead. She woke up, and I asked her to come out of the tomb with me and endure this tragedy with patience. But then a noise sent me running scared from the tomb. She was too desperate to come with me, and it seems that she killed herself. I know all of this. And her nurse knows about the marriage, too. If any part of this tragedy is my fault, let my old life be sacrificed, and let me suffer the most severe punishment. We have always known you to be a holy man. Where's Romeo's man? What does he have to say about this? I brought my master's news of Juliet's death, and then he rode from Mantua here to this tomb. Earlier this morning, he asked me to give this letter to his father. When he went to the vault, he threatened me with death if I didn't leave him alone there. Give me the letter. I'll look at it. Where is the Count's page? The one who called the watch? Boy, what was your master doing here? He came with flowers to spread on his lady's grave, and he asked me to stand far away and leave him alone, and so I did. Then someone with a torch came to open the tomb, so my master drew on him, and then I ran away to call the watch. This letter confirms the friar's account. It describes the course of their love and mentions the news of her death. Here, he writes that he bought poison from a poor pharmacist. He brought that poison with him to this vault to die and lie with Juliet. Where are these enemies? Capulet! Montague! Do you see what a great evil results from your hate? Heaven has figured out how to kill your joys with love. Because I looked the other way when your feud flared up, I've lost several members of my family as well. Everyone is punished. Oh, Brother Montague, give me your hand. This is my daughter's dowry. I can ask you nothing more. But I can give you more. I'll raise her statue in pure gold. As long as this city is called Verona, there will be no figure praised more than that of true and faithful Juliet. The statue I will make of Romeo, to lie beside his Juliet, will be just as rich. They were poor sacrifices of our rivalry. We settle a dark piece this morning. The sun is too sad to show itself. Let's go, to talk about these sad things some more. Some will be pardoned, some will be punished. There was never a story more full of pain than the story of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs>